Welcome back everyone to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, anything goes on this show. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Greg Arrieta, and joining me as always is Cynthia. Hello. And Louie. Yo. And uh, we have a former guest of the pod back joining us on, or joining us this week, Jim. Hi. Uh, this week, forget the intro, forget <laughs> all that, the premise is thrown out the window. We are doing a top 10 special. Uh, the Oscars, just this past week, announced their nominations for their award ceremony happening in mid-February. Uh, much of it was not... Not well good. received. <laughs> no. Not at all. So, yeah. Bad choices. Bad, bad, so, uh, what better way to talk, what better way to follow that up than with our own personal top tens? <laughs> so this week, we're doing a top ten episode special where we count down, our f- all four of us are going to be counting down our personal top tens, and hopefully we shine some light on some films the Academy might have missed, you know, maybe you find a new sleeper gem. Uh, maybe you find some newfound appreciation for a film you didn't hear about, or maybe we just agree with you and you're like, yeah, Ready Player One's the best film ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's nominated well, for an Oscar. I'm going to stand on this flag, but more on that later. Um, <laughs> so let's just get into it right now with, uh, let's start with honorable mentions, I feel like. Um, so before we go... Th- no, let's back it up. I'm just this came to me first. Let's talk about the year in general as it is so far. Before we even get into the list, mm-hmm. let's talk about the year. I personally think it was a very good year for film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, when I was making my top tens, I found it very difficult to uh, compile this list because um, a lot of them are on the same plane of experience. Um, I was talking to Kevin Connor, former club president, um, and his his rationale is so perfect. He's like one through six is like solidified, but then seven through 20 are all just like on the same level where any given day you could swap them in and out. So that's my take on it. Uh, I think any given day mood or week or however much time has passed, Mm -hmm. um, will alter how, like how, where I rank some of these things, Mm -hmm. but as it stands, this is where they are. Um, a lot of good, unrecognized films come out this year, especially in the early half of the year. Yeah, a lot. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on the year? Uh, it was probably, I mean, I, I don't know if I could really say this because I've only really been into, like, seriously into film for a few years now, but probably the best year in film that, like, I've really experienced. Um, I think Greg is totally accurate about, like, the one through six is solid and the rest is, like, because I gave out a bunch of just, like, four-star reviews on my letterbox, and I was like, how do I even rank these? Um, also, it's a good point, made a good point. It's like, bro, I'm only 20, <laughs> I'm 23. Yeah. So it's like, when I'm, when I'm saying, like, uh, when I'm speaking about a great year for cinema, it's, uh, it's from, like, the years I was alive. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. And the years With that I was- a couple that you just don't remember. Yeah, and the years I were active, so uh, I can't, you know, everyone says 1999 was a great year, but I was four. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, like, uh, that's a that's a very good point to make, is that uh, keep in mind we're, we're 20-somethings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Louis, Cynthia, what are your thoughts on this year? Well, for me, 
I was kind of underwhelmed, to be honest. I yeah. don't think this year was one of the best. Uh, I think it's actually, out of from the previous years, it's it's a step down from last year, and a big step down from twenty sixteen, especially when it comes to the, uh, you know, the Oscar season of films. Um, yeah, so like for example, in twenty sixteen, we had you know Moonlight, La La Land, that big you know, thing with also Blade Runner and... Uh, Wait, no, we didn't. Wait, that was no, 2017 was Blade Runner, my bad. Uh, Arrival, um, which was really good. And, like, the Oscar season that year, I was excited for it because there were actually good movies competing. Uh, this year, there are really there are a lot of good films. I'm not trying to take that away from it. I love a lot of films this year, but uh, those films are not generally the films I would expect to be you know, good every year. Generally, when I come into a, you know, film year, I would expect, like, good movies at the start, and, like, the Oscar season should be strong as well. But this time, I didn't get the second part, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, sorry to, to interject here before Cynthia goes, but, like, um, I think, I just think that this year, I don't think it was a bad year in movies. Uh, I just think that it was especially not a good year for the Oscars. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's like they, they decided they have to, 10 spots. Yeah, they, they have 10 spots. And I think they used nine last year, yeah. if, I, if I could be wrong. I think all the all the films that were nominated last year were pretty of pretty high quality. Yeah. But this year, um, Greg and I were talking about this before the podcast, like, like the whole thing with like the best popular film. I think with the removal of that, they kind of just integrated that with the best picture category, which yeah, is why we have yeah, things. Yeah, that could be. Which is, I think, is why we have things like Bohemian Rhapsody and, and Black Panther. I don't know. I like Black Panther, so I don't think that's a... It's on my list, you know? I don't think that's a necessarily a bad pick. No, but you, you know... You but know I get you. I get you. Yeah. I, I get that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, how about you, Cynthia? What oh, do you yeah. think of this year? Um, for me, this year, I thought it was a great year for film. Like, I think, as you mentioned, like... There's just so many films that like I can interchange from like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, even like 5. Like I can move I can move my list around a lot and I can move a lot of things that I've considered honorable mentions a lot in the film. But however, I think that none of the, these films like I think I like 2016 a lot as well because a lot of for me film is like I like film that films that are like personal to me whether yeah. it's like my moment in time, where, like who I am as a person, and then how they relate. And so I think a lot of like 2016 and 2017, like Lady Bird, Arrival, those films for me have become like personal in my staples. And they've like, I like to say like, I have a top like five, like all time yeah. list. And usually in each year, there's always one that kind of challenges. Yeah. That was Lady Bird, Florida Project. Two, last year like. and then two years ago was Ar Arrival is in my top all time and I feel like this year there wasn't one specific film that like moved in to challenge anything that I think that is like all time great I feel and like. so although it was a really really great year for film like I liked a lot of films like I think top 30 films for me in my letterbox like i really enjoyed and I think will have a lot of nuance and say to them. I just feel like there wasn't one that particularly was like, this is going to be on my all-time favorite list. But it was still a really great year for film. Mm -hmm. Alright, with, uh, with that out of the way, let's get into some, mm -hmm. like, I guess, we'll get into the list here. So 
thought. It's just getting like honorable mentions here first for me. Uh, some disclaimers. Uh, have not seen uh, the writer. For me. Have not seen the writer because it's like fifteen dollars on iTunes, and I'm not a pirate, yeah. so I'm not gonna like find it through illegal <laughs> means. Um, haven't seen the writer. Alternative sources though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, haven't seen Orson Welles' Netflix film on the other side of the wind. Uh-huh. Uh Haven't seen Cold War. I haven't seen yeah. Cold War. Neither. I really want to though. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm planning on seeing it. I think know? it's actually coming to Amazon Prime. I I could be wrong. No, it is, but it's it coming is. in like March. Yeah. Oh, seriously. I thought the turnover would be quicker. Yeah. Shame. I really wanted to watch that. Oh, that's just, that's out. disappointing. Mm-hmm. It is. What else? I mispronounced the name of Orson Welles' film. It's not on the other side of one. It's just the other side. Oh, of one. I haven't seen that one, so I can't um, say as well. Well, I saw. I haven't seen that film, uh, but so like my honorable mentions for this year, uh, there are like we said before, a lot of great films. Here's some like this. Some films just barely didn't make the cut. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Isle of Dogs, Disobedience, uh, The Love Me When I'm Dead, Roma, Hereditary, Buster Scruggs. Roma didn't make it? No. They're all just <laughs> in the top. They're in that They're in that echelon of just great films. Uh, I think that's a fair choice for Roma, but we'll get into that later. Um, anything honorable mentions you guys have? Uh, for me, I will say uh, my honorable mentions, Black Klansman. I really enjoyed that film. Uh, Minding the Gap, really, really good documentary. If you have a Hulu account, I suggest checking it out. I think it's also on Amazon. I'm not sure. Um, Incredibles 2, I just have a really personal attachment to Incredibles, and I think Incredibles 2 just added on to that. And I like me an animated film. Um, Annihilation, I have really great performance. Um, I still can't stop thinking about that, and it came out in fucking January or something. And first performed. Yeah. I, all, that's also another film that I can't stop thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's uh, kind of similar to me, except for Paddington, Paddington Two and Minding the Gap because I haven't seen them. But yeah, Black Klansman, uh, Arm, uh, Annihilation, and uh, <laughs> which one? First Reformed. Also, mm-hmm. First Man. I did not really. I oh, like that movie. Yeah. You know, I it's will an say First Man as well. I, I did not hate that movie. Uh, I just thought it was. It had, you know, the fault of having too many close-ups. But other than that, it's a pretty good film and very impressive cinematography at the end. So I think I think First Reform or not First Reform, First Man, uh, was it was it was so worth seeing in IMAX. Um, yeah, that yeah, was that was. was honestly like a, an experience. It also makes my honorable mentions list, um, as does uh, Beautiful Boy, which I think was really emotional and impactful for me. Uh, eighth Grade, I thought was a really really authentic um, account and. I, that probably would be in my number 11 spot, honestly. Uh, first Reformed is like probably my 12th. Yeah, I really, fair. really love that. I've been thinking about that for a really long time. Annihilation also. Uh, Suspiria originally was in my top 10, but got knocked down a little bit. Um, I've seen more. That. You Were Never Rid Here is great. Uh, yeah, no, I'm in top 10. Oh, yeah, that's also an <laughs> It's just a lot, a lot of good films. Uh, Creed 2 was a lot of fun, way better than I was expecting it to be. I did not. Um, I unfortunately did not see that. I really wanted to, but I just came out on the wrong time. In my yep, opinion. came yeah. out on the wrong time. Yeah. But it always comes out in Thanksgiving. Uh, and then Mining the Gap also, I think, is a really, really good documentary. Probably my favorite documentary of the year. Um, I haven't seen. Um, oh, what's it called? 
Okay. Won't you be my number? Won't you be my neighbor? I got snubbed. Yeah. Oh, I did. I yeah. That's also an honorable mention. I, so I was very surprised that it didn't get any nomination. Uh, for I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. yeah so Won't I'm trying to think. Um, all the grab all the way for Oscar. I think it's probably going to be RPG though. Oh, Just to make it's themselves bad, feel good. It's, it's not, not a bad, bad film. Well, you know, you, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with the armor mentions out of the way, here's how we're gonna run through this down. Run this down. Uh, shit, we're like 16 minutes in. Great. This is gonna be a long, sh- long, long, long episode. episode. We're gonna run like 10 through six, five through two, and then we're all gonna say one at the end. Okay. Yeah. So, kicking it off, I'll do my 10 through six. And then we can talk about them. Okay. Afterwards. Uh, number 10, First Man. Number six, or number nine, First Reformed. Eight, Burning. Seven, Annihilation. Six, Maniac. All right. My 10 through six. Crazy Rich Asians, 10. Nine, Shoplifters. Eight, Leave No Trace. Seven, Eighth Grade. And six, Roma. Uh, so my 10 through six is number 10, Widows. Number nine, Shoplifters. Number eight, Paddington Two. Number seven, If Beale Street Could Talk, and number six, The Favorite. Uh, my ten through six: ten, Mom and Dad; nine, Black Panther; eight, Widows; seven, Searching; six, Spider Verse. Um. Okay. Well. Uh, Do you want to talk about yours first? Talk ten through six. Sure. I mean, like, what is what stands out to you guys? I mean, my my. My whole thing was like whether I want to. My number ten was the most hard thing mm-hmm. to do, um, because uh, there was a part for when I said first man, and I'm like, do I want Buster Scruggs or first man? Mm-hmm. So I started wavering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, first man I put in there because I think it is a straight laced biopic, yes, but there definitely. is um, there are some uh, there are some just great sequences in there that are just amazing that pressing. The whole docking sequence. Is- is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a well well known event, but the way Damien Chazelle uh, sets it up and kind of creates this um, this kind of suspense around it, and this kind of uh, he puts the grand with the minute in mm-hmm. this minute story of Armstrong's life, and he's contrasting that with a national achievement. Um, I think is really uh, really impressive because it is this global event that is told through one man's story. Yeah, uh, for me, I, I agree with that. <laughs> and I agree with the the uh, idea of, you know, creating suspense, even though the event has happened. So yes. was, that, that was a feeling that I wasn't expecting to, to have, because I was like, okay, yeah, they, they land on the moon, you know? Mm. <laughs> they land on the moon. But no, I was still feeling, you know, pretty <laughs> thrilled that at the stuff that was going on on the screen and that's uh you know a place to its advantage if only didn't have so many close-ups i don't want to compare this to bohemian rhapsody but both of them i think are straight laced biopics like just on right like what they are as a genre they're both straight laced biopics but i think first man does something where like it adds suspense it's able to create danger it feels like you're in neil armstrong's story you're in his mind Mm -hmm. and it becomes almost unique to him even though neil they're both different individuals. Um, oh my God, Freddie Mercury and um, Neil, Neil Armstrong. Armstrong. Yet, like First Man, you can compare that. Like his. Like, I, I don't think the way uh, 
I think the way they handle Freddie Mercury's character is a lot less sincere than it is. It's not even individualized. Like, you can probably take him out and put him, like, another... I mean, like, yeah, his story is unique to him, but, like, you can probably put the same tropes and put a different singer, like someone who battled drug or battled drug addiction or alcoholism, someone who had all the same problems, but similar problems. And it would still be the same thing. I, um, where first man feels like it's specifically about Neil Armstrong and his journey to the moon and like every, all the hoopla surrounding Mm -hmm. it. And both are straight laced biopics. Yet first man is able to create like an emotion, feel like, feel like you are part of that journey. And, create a sense of danger to it where it makes it just like 10 times better than Bohemian Rhapsody yet First Man is not getting any buzz so sad yeah really really unfortunate I I think it's really interesting because at first I was like oh it's like this is really interesting that there's like this Neil Armstrong biopic and it's a uh, it's like by Damon Chazelle who's done like music movies and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I think it's really interesting when you think like thematically about it it just um being about like sacrifices that have to be made for for greatness for what you want to achieve i think it's really like the central theme that ties like whiplash law and and first man together mm-hmm. um yeah no, i, feel I, I like really yeah no, I'm, I'm really excited for his next everything part. else that damon chazelle does if you can create a film with a sense of danger even though you know that he lands on the moon and he mm-hmm. doesn't die yeah yeah like, what that's pretty cool that's yeah th- there were definitely some sequences where i was just like on Completely on the edge of my seat. And I was. I uh, yeah. So like, since Bohemian Rhapsody was nominated, I don't know why this wasn't. Yeah, but, I agree. You know, I still, for person, I still think you know it's it's not Damien Chazelle's best film because again well, he abuses. It's the kind of hard when you make yeah when you make Whiplash and movies. then Lawland. Yeah. Um, see, that's the thing I was talking about. Like this year, you know, we were anticipating you know the turn Barry Jenkins, Damien Chazelle round two. Right. Yeah. Didn't have. Neither of them were nominated for best director. Have. So you know that's kind of like what what's added disappointment for twenty eighteen is like the expectations of twenty eighteen. All the movies that were supposed to be at the Oscars were supposed to be phenomenal. You know, Green Book before it released, it was like the trailer showed oh one of the best films in years and whatever, and then it. Sh- I think it won the the Producers Guild. Award too yeah. so, somehow, so yeah. I, I don't you know. know. I I just really hope I really hope Green Book doesn't win Best Deadpool, Picture. Did Deadpool two come out this year? It did. It yeah. did. Yeah. About yeah. <laughs> also got a cash ground for a PG thirteen version. I am yeah. not thrilled with the people who ran that. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were supposed to do it for sure, but either we either need to one. like figure out a new way of like progressing through this list, or so we yeah. forever. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's the one that stood out. Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I not even Maniac. Actually, Maniac, we, we, we kind of talked I, about this, but we... we fight me on it. I haven't seen it. Wrong. I, I haven't seen it either. Okay, prove I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, would you consider Black Mirror to be a uh, film? If you had an individual episode, sure. But not the series, no. But Bandersnatch. If you wanted to put Bandersnatch on, yeah, it's a movie. All right. Well, then I can't fight you. It's true. <laughs> okay. I actually wanted... I actually wanted to ask you about Burning because I haven't seen Burning yet. So I got Burning on a screener way back in December. Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. Um, and it is like this it's two and a half hours and it's very methodically paced. And it has this, it's a film in which a kid gets 
while delivering a package one day, finds someone from his old school, and they rekindle this kind of affectionate one-time, uh, one-time affectionate romance. And all of a sudden, uh, the girl goes missing, and now he starts becoming having these infatuations with it, and he has start having these obsessions, um, like these fiery obsessions. Is what I use in my <laughs> review. Huh. Uh, she goes away, and he starts getting like a little obsessed. And then Stephen Yuen's character comes in and starts posing like an oppositional threat because he's called the, the Gatsby in the film, where he has he's very rich. Um, the film injects some Korean um, social politics about this kind of like this forgotten generation of millennials who feel like disenfranchised. Um, they literally live on the fringes of society. Um, I forget the main character's name, but he lives literally on the border of North and South Korea, and you can hear um, like the propaganda sirens and mm-hmm. wow. yelling wow. things. But Stephen Yuan comes in and uh, poses like his oppositional threat, so he starts becoming obsessed with um, with like trying to like I get not like create ownership. But he's like trying to create like this kind of a. He wants to maintain his relationship, and when Stephen Yuan comes in, it, it jeopardizes that, mm-hmm. and then it ends up being something more. Sinister at near the end. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a very good film, yeah. uh, very methodically paced. Um, you have to read between the lines and get inside of these characters' heads because otherwise you're just gonna think it's boring, and you have to like know like double entendre and like subtext to like. Is it visually pleasing? Yes. Then it's good enough for me. Uh, I have one question. Would you count TV movies in your top ten list, just in general? It's a good question because they. I would say so if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I'm very. That's the thing. I'm very like, lean, it's, it's right? like no. It's like some people would would not. You know, they would think like, oh, if we're we're talking top ten films, excluding you know, TV movies and stuff. Like Here's that. the rationale for me. It's written and directed by all ten episodes are written and directed by Kerry Fukunaga, right? Yeah. There's only one title sequence in the entire. No, no. Movie. It's it's basically a TV movie rather. It's than basically like an it's like an eight hour movie. Mm-hmm. Like a TV is, movie, not a. Full on film, I guess, but no, Roma is also, con- yeah, that's Wait, weird. What? No, I would just yeah, say yeah. it's just no, no, it's just because the media, the like the medium oh, of it, you know, it's not about that. <laughs> film Twitter opened this box last year when they put Twin Peaks: The Return on there, so I'm gonna put it. All right, fine, fine. Um, for me, you know, first reformed, uh, stuck out kind of not that it's a bad film, it's just that. So good. It's, it's amazing. So it's an amazing good. film. I, I'm trying to say it stuck out to me. I'm sad that I didn't make my top ten. Because a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, talked about it to me. I don't know if this is the same experience for you guys, but I didn't hear anything about it when it first came out. And then, like, a couple months later, uh, I heard a lot about it, and then I watched it. But how about you guys? What, what was your experience? Did you just watch it, like, straight up? I saw it. People I, were laughing at the sequence where they're going through like that cosmic space. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys yeah, doing? It's so it's so powerful. I'm like, people, like t- they, they, sh- they all shut up when they started <laughs> seeing like the tires yeah. and the like, pollution and everything. I'm like, you guys like, are like, what are you guys doing? Serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sad I didn't get to see it on screen. I don't know. I didn't see it in any theaters when I was like in the summer. That's when it came out. So. I don't remember seeing it anywhere, so I just watched it on Amazon. Yeah, and that's how I saw it too. It it blew my mind. Like I, the last shot where he's, like, making out with Amanda Seyfried's character, like, 
is phenomenal. Yeah. Everything is, yeah. about either salvation or whatever you want to interpret it as. I mean, it's just an amazing film with a lot of layers to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think people laughed at it because they didn't get that it wasn't just a... I oh, yeah, had no idea what was going on. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they thought that it was just going to be like a straight-laced film, you know, but with a narrative. And the first hour stories. already tells you it's not going to be. Yeah, I know. Like, the dude, like... Yeah, and like that's the thing. I, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this is so well, like, this is surface, a much better film. On the surface, it's like a, a political statement film, but it's so mm-hmm. much deeper than that. It's right. all yeah. about like faith and faith challenges has, to yeah. that. And what is like, what is your existential like? He has like an existential crisis. He's like Cedric the Entertainer makes an appearance in that film, which is appearance. He's like a supporting yeah. he's a supporting actor. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, like he doesn't do much now. So you know, every time he makes you know an appearance on film, it's significant for me. Yeah. All right. Let's get. We're moving on. We're moving off from my ten mm-hmm. yeah. What's going on with? Uh, let's jump over to Louis. All right. Let's jump over to mine. So uh, what? I don't I'm, see I'm prepared, mom and dad. So I'm prepared to defend anything I can't on, comment on, that. on this. I mean, Windows. You know, it's easy to defend. I, I want. I want to hear you talk about mom and dad because I've seen mom and dad. Okay, and mom and dad. Fan. I'm a huge Nick Cage fan. Like very, very big Nick Cage fan. And I like even like some of the bad movies that are considered bad, just in general, not even good bad. Like for example, I, I, there's this movie called Seeking Justice. It's Nick Cage and Guy Pierce, and it's like one of the stupidest films ever. But I love it so much. It's so good. Uh, generally, you know, I always had this issue with Nick Cage uh, in the recent years, uh, post Seeking Justice, taking just trash roles because bad agent. So when Mom and Dad came out. I was pleasantly surprised because I was always I always wished that Nick Cage would be self-aware of his uh, thing, you know, like of his craziness and use it more in in satirical pieces. It's a it's a black comedy and it's meant to be crazy, you know. Uh, and Nick Cage delivers so much on craziness, even more I feel than Mandy, where it just has that one scene where he's really crazy and then the rest is pretty uh, chill. But in, in Mom and Dad, it's just all the way through just short bursts of anger and I like that a lot you know I like that quite a bit yeah, I saw it at a, a midnight screening after seeing Mandy it was a double bill at SIF it was Mandy oh, and wow. mom and dad well oh, gosh. that's a good experience honestly <laughs> I enjoyed it some people say it's like really bad but I'm like it, it's not like trying it's not it's trying, not trying to, to be a, so you know, a piece of art to be like, it's not trying to be a piece of art it's literally telling you it's dumb like the premise is it's a virus that makes parents kill each other like kill their kids that's just i actually liked the more metaphorical aspects of that movie the whole thing of like the parents like resenting the kids because like they're longing for the like the good old days or whatever (laughs) and they're just like it's like why can't we just go back to that right i actually liked that aspect of it uh i thought i i I don't really know what the editing was in that movie (laughs) oh no it's crazy yeah it's just it's that's the point like it's not supposed to be I don't know there's you know there's still metaphors in it in terms of the narrative but in just in this presentation it's just trying to be over the top as much as it can I mean at the end like the grandparents show up which is you know yeah just out of nowhere and they focus on that I had I heard a complaint that people were annoyed that they didn't focus on the massive scope of the apocalypse you know like the fact that other parents were killing their kids. I'm like, we don't need that. Nick Cage is enough, you know? 
Mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely had fun with it. Okay, well, you have Widows on here. That makes an occurrence later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let's see. Black Panther, we talked at length. Oh, yeah. Great episode of podcast. Hours and a half. Uh, yeah, but it's a short scene. So, we encourage everyone to go check out that episode of the podcast. It's, you know, it's it's not like it's still under Spider-Verse because that was, you know, a surprise hit for me, actually. Uh, but it's not like the other Marvel films in that it talks about something more profound, at least, than Justice Prevails. And long time coming for Marvel for that, you know, uh, other, until from, you know, Spider-Man 2 and 1. I think it's really interesting that the film's getting so much, um, like some of the Oscar nominations, like I got like seven, I think. Yeah. But nothing for Michael B. Jordan because, yeah, that's which I think is 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 really interesting because I think he's easily easily the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, pretty I'm much the consensus among amongst most people. Yeah, yeah. Even though I, I don't like the the story, you know, the uh, the Heath Ledger type story that he's telling. He great performance, but it doesn't suit the. Oh, the thing the is, like, I had to go to therapy right, after. He, he was like, I, I was antisocial, didn't talk to anyone. I'm like, why are you so social in the I, film? I, I, then? I, I feel like you they know? just had him say that as like a as like, a, like guess, an Oscar yeah, thing. It, it makes it makes he sense. Didn't, he didn't get nominated anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just sad. Um, the only one that's. Unique tier list on from your ten through six is searching. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Unfriended? No. <laughs> okay. I think I'm I'm pro Unfriended. You're pro Unfriended. Pro, I, I, I told. Team Unfriended. I we talked. We talked about this. Uh, Unfriended. You know, it's a good introduction to the concept. I feel. You know, uh, but like, searching does so much more with it. You know, in in terms of how it presents like plot. Uh, pieces, it's especially that it's it's telling two stories in one, uh, and the second story is just a very subtle one about an alien invasion happening, and if you don't pay attention, you don't get that. But uh, I don't think that's the same case with uh, with Unfriended. For me, for Unfriended, I think Unfriended handles its form factor better. Form uh, Unfriended is happening in real time. It is not doing editing and cuts like Searching does. Unfriended is just a straight capture of your computer mm-hmm. screen obviously they do it in post and whatever and they yeah. do different bits on different days but the way it presents to you is one computer screen if you're watching that on a mac it feels like you're actually <laughs> watching on your computer Prob- it's i say this, this is like the only film that's not better in a theater because if you watch it on your computer it feels like you're just watching a film <laughs> like there's times when like uh they have a notification pop up and i thought mm-hmm. i was like oh i'm gonna swipe this way but it's on the screen yeah. <laughs> um Damn, yeah but searching does this weird kind of like editing where they're trying to like punch in on certain things to make you focus on certain aspects of the screen yeah. and it doesn't happen in real time mm-hmm. so um Neither of these films are in my top ten, but the way in which both of these films kind of have a deal with that digital, the digital computer film, mm-hmm. um, I side more with Unfriended. That's just my take. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Unfriended, so I can't say. Unfriended is like more supernatural. Unfriended Dark Web is more um, realistic. Realistic, based. yeah, because Dark Web. I haven't seen Searching since like August, but I remember really, really liking like the opening scene of that movie. And like the visual storytelling with like the, all the all the yeah. photos and the, um, it's like going from like Windows like ninety five to XP or yeah, I, cool. I thought that was really cool. Um, I think I liked the film more when I first saw it, and the more I thought about it, it, it sort of faltered for me. I'm not really sure why that is. Um, I mean that's fun, you know. For me, I I 
I rekindled that like love for it just after realizing that there was an alien invasion thing. I think that that attention to detail while, you know, making it subtle but still there is pretty crazy. Yeah. And it yeah. should be appreciated, I feel. One thing I do appreciate is they start on, on Windows PCs and they go yeah. to Macs. Yeah. That's great. Oh, like yeah, me. that happens too, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yes, go Apple. Sorry. Nope. Windows for life <laughs> is better. It's a so let's go your top 10. Okay. You will see what you got. Uh, let's see. I think Shoplifters is unique on your list. Leave No Trace is unique on your list. And Crazy Rich Asians is unique on your list. Okay. I'll just... Let me see. Eighth grade. Actually, you may have a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, all of them are unique except for except for Roma. Oh god. So let's talk talk about like maybe two or three because we're already at thirty six minutes. Okay. Um I'll talk about Crazy Rich Asians because I feel like look, Crazy Rich I will say this. Crazy Rich Asians is a typical romantic comedy. That's I'm fine with saying that. It follows the a lot of romantic comedy tropes. It, it's not it doesn't no, do anything to flip the genre over my head, like I said in my top yeah. 10. But for me, personally, I'm Asian American. And for me growing up, I've never, I only seen film I've seen with another Asian American person who's not glorified into just an archetype or just one type of person was Joy Luck Club. And so for crazy, for me, Crazy Rich Asians attacked something that I feel like, I don't can't say about any other race, but for me as an Asian American, it tackled something that I've, I've always dealt with and I always thought I was by myself, which is um, the fact that like we need to somehow balance traditional Asians, Asian culture with the grow, ever-growing American culture. I grew up in a place where it was not diverse, I think. Like growing up, all my friends were up until like middle school were white. And so... Um, just having that balance between being with the culture of my parents and celebrating all their like nuances that make them them and then having to adapt with people who don't necessarily understand that. I've always felt really lonely in that. And for me, Crazy Rich Asians was for me a realization that other Asian Americans have gone through the same thing. Yeah. And so it's more of a deeply personal story for me. And I can totally understand if people don't like it or think it's just a normal romantic comedy. That's their opinion, whatever. And I agree to that point. But for me, the nuances, especially Michelle Yeoh's character compared to Constant Wu's character, like that idea of generational divide, I thought was just really hit home for me. And that's why it's my top number 10. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, like it is a very cultural significant film. Like mm-hmm. we had, this would have been a, prime target for the Academy to shove a film like this yeah. into the popular mm-hmm. film category. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have, it's a very culturally significant film mm-hmm. um, as with Black Panther, right? In mm-hmm. terms of representation in yeah. the larger medium, right? So mm-hmm. you can say like you've seen, you've seen John Cho in like Columbus, right? But mm-hmm. the, the film is much more smaller, mm-hmm. seen by a lot less people. Mm-hmm. So when you have uh, um, minorities in a larger role in a film that has a wider mm-hmm. reach, uh, it has a lot more um, resonance and importance in terms yeah. of culture. So, John Cho needs to be in more stuff. Yeah. True, yeah. <laughs> very true. Like oh, more people need to see Columbus. Yeah, yeah. yeah for real. E- everyone needs to see Columbus. It's fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. It is so yeah. good. Yo, we got it. We're showing it at club at mm-hmm. some yeah. point in time. Well, we have to. For creative occasions, I feel like a lot of people when they watch a lot of films, they kind of 
sometimes get lost in like the smaller films and that are not smaller films but like films that have some like unique spin or have something to say and although crazy rich asians it does have something to say but it is a normal rom-com and sometimes you just need a rom-com i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that i really liked it um it didn't make my my honorable mentions but it was also like a bunch of people or a bunch of movies that i like notched from my honorable mentions there's there's a lot of good movies this year um but yeah it was it was really culturally significant i i liked it a lot um I don't really have a, a ton to say to it. There's a ton else to say about it, but... I haven't seen it, but I really want to. I only haven't seen it because I couldn't... I didn't catch it in theaters, and I don't know if it's out anywhere. It is out. Where? I, it's on iTunes. On iTunes? iTunes? Okay, but no no streaming services. All right, I'll, I'll, no. I'll try and find it. That's something I don't, you know, I want to I wanna support with, with actual money mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. No. But, um... Yeah, I, I like rom-coms, so I don't think I will dislike that film. Yeah, you won't. Um, leave No Trace is another standout hair film. <laughs> not, not getting a lot of attention. Not getting directed yeah. by... Getting, I haven't even... should have been... Getting I, in the critic circles, yes. getting buzzed. Yes. Not in the award circles. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah Granick getting... I think she won Best Director in... Like, L.A. Film Critic. I've been yeah. following hers. I think it's L.A. and then maybe, like, Chicago or New York. I don't remember. But... So tell me what you like about... Because I was, like... When I saw this in the summer, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is good movie, mm-hmm. but, like, it didn't make it... We got people behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it in the summer... Didn't um, make... Yes. Oh, sorry. No, you're We're good. Like, I was saying, uh, just didn't make an impression on me, so I want to hear from you, mm-hmm. like, did I see... Did, what did I miss? Um, yeah, so I'm a big Deborah Granick fan. I really like Winter's Bone. And so when I saw this, I really liked it. It was like top, top 15, 20 at the time. Um, but as I've thought about it more and more, especially the beehive scene, like where, um, there's a scene where Tom is like, with a beekeeper and she was like, oh, can I touch the bees? And bees are like significance because they're always in a hive. And um, so he, she brings over her dad to come and say like, oh, um, like, don't be afraid to touch it, but he can't touch it. Like he can't bring himself to touch it. And for me, that was just like the, I, that split between both of them as like, he can't live and function with a society. Like, but she probably needs to, she's a growing child. Like she yeah. needs people around her. And so the contrast between their ideologies really like hit me emotionally because not like I have any personal stakes in their story, but like it felt like I was just sitting there watching their story. And it what struck me the most was just how private and intimate these moments that Deborah Granick is showing to us. And we're getting the joy to see it, but we're never like, she never manipulates those moments. It's just like something that, is there and we're just watching it naturally unfold and i really like those type of films like slice of life films but this one's not really a slice of life but yeah just being able to sit back and listen just lean in and like just listen to its quietness i just really enjoyed and that just left an impression on me yeah uh i kind of want to go back and visit it now i like being proven wrong when i find a movie that i yeah hate or or Mm -hmm. not like not hate i didn't hate this movie but find a movie that you're like 
okay on and then mm-hmm. you go revisit it because someone tells you it's like oh actually look for this and like look for that yeah watch this scene mm-hmm. knowing this or whatever and what so. i like about it it doesn't glorify but like what he's doing like he's obviously suffering from ptsd and there's like these shots of the ide- idyllic like nor uh pnw but she never glorifies that like idea that they need to be in the woods because i mean he needs to be in the woods because or they both need to be in the woods because he can't handle like being living in a society so it's not it's not like the first half of captain fantastic where they show that the woods are like the best place no, to be no 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 and then they, not, they not go, at all. they take a shot it, of like so, people in a walmart and they're like it's like here's how society is and like well, it kind of does that because they do, in the first, like, 30 minutes, they're in the woods and then they are found, pretty yeah. much. And so they have to go back into that. But it's almost like, but they they don't, because it's a contrast between the girl and the parent and yeah, the dad. Yeah, that's fair. And we see the girl, like, thriving in society. Like, she, like, you see how much she needs it. Yeah, because the dad is, like keeping her in this life that she may not want he's yeah. like making the choice for her and she doesn't realize that she doesn't want it until she's out yeah and then at the end they uh, spoilers they like go their separate yeah, ways because yeah. they understand that the choices that one makes for each other is is mm-hmm. like um like they need to understand that each person is their own person yeah they need to understand that mm-hmm. so, sad ending yeah it's yeah. a very sad ending but you know yeah. it's coming Oof. but yeah so it's just a small film that forces you to listen, and I really enjoy that. So, Jim's top ten, it has Widows, we'll get to that later. Shoplifters, Paddington 2, Beale Street, we'll get to later. Yeah. The Favorite, we'll get to later. Um, but let's talk about Paddington 2 and Shoplifters, because you two... Shoplifters was in your number top eight. Nine. Nine. Also yeah. So, nine. we're the same, yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about either one of those. Start mm-hmm. us off there. Paddington 2 is so sweet. It's so wholesome. And sometimes just... I don't know. Just, I think that this movie has a better script than it has any right to have. Um, I mean, no. It's, it's like it's It's been known to be odd. Paddington is great. But it's just not popular here for some reason. I don't know why. Because... Uh, I, I watched... Paddington 1, I think. Paddington was good. And Paddington and 2 was much better. just a little bit of Paddington 2 because it was playing on the background while my brother was, was watching it. And from what I've seen, I liked it. I haven't seen it fully, but if I have, it might end up on my list, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I should really you get like to You like style? This movie yeah, is... Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. is. It is. It's great. No, it's everything I like. And I'm... I'm I just have the time I have to watch so much it's a child <laughs> film child's film that has so much more to say like mm-hmm. it's it's a clear response it's a British film so it's a clear response to Brexit like it's very obvious to that yeah. but I think in American point of view we like to compare it to like a response to Trump yeah yep. and how he wants to be de- decide- divisive like he wants to create these divides between or he doesn't want he, yeah whatever there's divides being created in America and this film is clear response to that and it's a child's film it's a rated g child yeah. film, and it does it although it can be a little idealistic at sometimes it is makes you just so warm and fuzzy and it has something to say haven't seen it oh no, that's another one on the that list when you talk about two uh about films i haven't seen 
blind spots. I guess. Cold War. Yeah. So that's, uh, I just can't commentate that. I can only post questions. Mm-hmm. Someone told me, though, when I was walking out of another film, like, have you seen Paddington 2 yet? I'm like, no. He's like, it's like a good commentary on, like, prison reform at some times. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Because like, the first one, I had saw the first one. It's about, like, immigration. Yeah, it's about immigration. Yeah. Paddington's, Paddington's, Paddington's an immigrant. Said, yeah, apparently, like, a, a rep, he's a parent. Uh, he's like a refugee he's yeah his home gets destroyed mm-hmm. by like he lives in the trees in the rainforest in mm-hmm. South America and then he gets destroyed and then he leaves his family to yeah. go to the UK yeah. and he gets taken uh-huh. in and it's so heartwarming yeah yeah no it's, it's good really got daily <laughs> Paddington is so wholesome yeah, yeah. Paddington 2 is even more it, wholesome it's even more wholesome and it doesn't feel fake what, what else what else can you need what else can you need in a film honestly it's just yeah. have, it's, yeah, it's a so little good. teddy bear. It's pretty cool. Yeah. My son That's for uh, Justice for Paddington 2. It's yeah. on HBO. I don't have it HBO. Is? Okay, send fantastic. Paddington to the White House. Fantastic. Send Paddington to the White House. Paddington 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shoplifters now. Yeah, shoplifters. This is a film I saw uh, when I came back to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like, the first day I came back to Seattle. It was not in my hometown. It coincidentally came out the same day I left Seattle for winter break, and now, now I saw it. Uh, tell me what you guys' thoughts on it. Your list. You want you want to go? Oh, enjoy the one. Okay, I wrote a review on this. You can check it out at <laughs> soon. So you Washington, plug. yeah, Washington.edu/film. Um, I really enjoyed Shoplifters. For again, I'm like a big fan of slice of life films, and what Shoplifters does really well, it makes you feel like you are within the family, like anything from taste sight smell whatever like there's noodles that they eat and you just want to you can feel like you're tasting the noodles as they're eating it and it takes like such a like the plot is pretty melodramatic like it's a unconventional family unit getting together and then like but they're like evading like almost everything to get away from paying more money and I just feel like those things can get e- so easily manipulated and Corrida just lets it, everything happen so naturally and you can really feel the bond between each character and even though they're not, spoiler alert, they're not necessarily a real traditional family, you can feel their chemistry and you can feel their bonds happening on screen at, as you're watching. Yeah, family doesn't have to be by blood, you know? Mm-hmm. Families you know, who you associate with the most. There's there's a really great line um, that was like, not, not like it's anything like super original, but it's one, one really great line when they're like being interrogated. Um, and it's like, uh, you have to like, what, what who says that you have to give birth to be a mother or something like that? And I, I really felt that. Yeah. Um, I just, I really, I really, I really felt connected to, to this film and this family and everything just felt so real. It's it's funny that you mentioned like you can like um, like all the senses involved because at times I felt like I could even like smell this movie. Yeah. It's it's it was a really weird feeling. It just it just felt so so 4DX natural. Yeah. Four DX. Four DX for shoplifters. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just felt so real in in, in a way that I hadn't that you don't often see. Yeah, uh, and this I'm also assuming isn't out yet. No, it's still like in SIF. It's still I, I, I saw it. I saw it at SIF. Is it still in SIF? I that's I don't know. It'll probably still be sticking around for a little bit now that it's got. Nothing oh yeah. Wait, did it? Yeah, I think it got nominated for film. It's at 
Okay. Burning did not get nominated for foreign <laughs> film. What in the world? That was a line in one of my reviews. I was like, don't be surprised if Burning gets read out loud at the Oscars, at least in nomination form. And Whoops. that line has not aged well now. Thank <laughs> you, all the Academy. Film. Cavernum, Cold War, Never Look Away, Roma, Shoplifters. And Roma's probably going to win. This, this is totally uh, off I topic, think it but should. remember when A Star is Born was like the front runner? And then... What happened to that? I, um, that I, I don't know about the, I want to talk about that one, but um, yeah, Shuffler's is great. If you have a chance to see it, I suggest oh, yeah. seeing it. Yeah, it's a, a definite recommendation. Um, so with that, Let's get without getting it. redundant, we're gonna like some of the. So to be clear to the listeners, there are some films that are like like Widows. Jim put it at number ten, but I know it will come up later, so we'll save it till later. Yeah, because. Mm-hmm. It shows up also in line number eight and something somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna do six through two, or no five, five through five two. Five through two. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go number five, Ready Player One. Number I'm ready. I'm number ready. F- <laughs> 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 the hottest taste. I'm ready. Oh, oh no. Number four, Spiria. Three, Miseducation to Cameron Post. Two, You Were Never Really Here. All right, mine. Five to two, five stars born, four Paddington two, three the favorite, and two widows. For me, uh, five is sorry to bother you, four is mid nineties, three is you were never really here, two is blind spotting. Uh, five hereditary, four sorry to bother you, three Roma, and two blind spotting. Okay. Two blind spotting. Do you want to start with me first, or do we want to pivot someone else first? We could start with you, because I want to talk about Ready Player One. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, me everything, too. I'm, ready. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm not going to go really harsh. I just like to tease Greg a lot about, you know, Steven Spielberg. But I haven't really, I haven't seen uh, Ready Player One in its entirety. It was just playing on TV for a little bit. From what I saw, I didn't like, but I'm not going to go from what I saw. I'm just going to go from, like, literally everyone else I talked to about this film, other than you, Greg. Everyone else hates this film. I don't know why you like it. Please go ahead. This film is the leanest, most economical blockbuster I've ever seen. It is just the hero's journey straight through and through. At South by Southwest last year, Steven Spielberg said this is a movie, not a film. Whether or not you want to fall under that kind of... Um, definition of how you want to split a movie and a film. Uh, he's basically saying this is just supposed to be a fun adventure movie. And I think in every way, this film is just so economically lean. It has like these periphery themes of like gatekeeping and like who controls like what is good in culture. And like there's this idea that like Steven Spielberg is like he helped create, define some a lot of this pop media culture. And now he's like passing it on. Like you'd say that like Steven Spielberg is. Um, um, what's the guy's name? Um, um the... Oh, the guy who... Mark like, Rylance's character. Yeah, character. Mark Rylance's character. You could say he's Mark Rylance and he's, like, the one that defined it, but it doesn't, it doesn't, like, it doesn't go deep enough, so you can't, like, really make an art, like, a cohesive argument yeah. to say that, like, it's really thematically deep. I don't think it is. I think it is just this very... James Holiday. That's his name. Sorry. No, you're good. Holiday. Um, it's just this very good, well done, uh, action, blockbuster, hero's journey. Uh, my favorite film of all time is Back to the Future, which is another textbook definition of the hero's journey, only probably outdone by like Star Wars. Um, um, Back to the Future. 
Master teacher, great. Yeah. And was, I'm just giving you the example because you used it as an example for the hero's journey before. Yeah. Um, there is, what is, there's another like really famous foreign film that is a hero's journey, but I don't want to speak to it because I haven't seen it. Forget about it. Cut this part. <laughs> a lot of films. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's really good at just telling what it wants to say. And I feel like Steven Spielberg's sensibilities are all over this place. When you talk about like the motion capture and the CGI things, he has like a really res like responsible, good understanding of how to use like this continuous motion capture shot of just like using volume and space. Um, and he's just so good at doing this. Like it, it was like kind of his like back project. When the when this film was done shooting, they actually went and shot the post while this film was in the post-production process because he was just like... Wait, so and he released the post before? before. Yeah. It was the, Should have taken his time with the post. Ready Player One. The post is good. Bridges Spies is good. I think the post Bridges is really Spies is not good. No, they are immaculate. We're no, not going to get into this. They are yeah. bad movies. <laughs> they are the bad The post movies. is not a bad movie. I actually will side with Greg on this. Post, is, post is amazing. Boring like film. Post is amazing. Post is fantastic. I haven't seen Bridges Spies. Bridges Spies and I terrible. have a few things to say about Ready Player One. Bridges Spies, written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, not that's a, that's a, the worst That the statement worst is totally non related to anything we're saying, yeah. but it's related yeah. because we just recorded a No Country for Old Men podcast that will yeah. come out in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just me. This is this is this is my hottest take on this entire list. I think because I know a lot of people don't like it. I'm a big fan of it. I'm gonna stand by <laughs> it. You know, I'm I not gonna. <laughs> I'm not standing my ground here, but I understand why people don't like it. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. Yeah. I think it just, it has an interesting thing to say about our obsession with nostalgia, I think. Well, other than that, this is a fine film for me. Like, mm -hmm. it's whatever. The visuals are nice to look at. Like, what Spielberg does Best with the visuals. Best VFX, Oscar. VFX. <laughs> That's the only category I'm, like, really looking for. I think Regina he does King a really... Best Supporting Actress. There's, all, there's a few categories where, like, there's one nomination that you're really passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Regina King. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one. It's, Yo, it's, Timothy yeah. Chalamet wasn't nominated for supporting actor. I was really upset about that. I was really upset. I mean, you know, he didn't. Honest, he did, I, didn't he like lost. I was really upset I about think that. He Boy lost. Boy was too cheap. I'm yeah. I'm, he I'm, lost last year in Call Me by Your Name, and if, since he lost last year, it's gonna be another Leo situation. It's not probably. gonna work I out. I think for him. Chalamet's performance is too. I can't speak for it, but it seems like a like too theater. I don't think the the performances are But it's fine. still good, yeah. The problem is with the script. It's the script, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, it keeps harping on these emotional ploys. The music? Excuse me, yeah. The use of the music, every time something dramatic happened, it rises to an extreme and you're just like, oh. And it doesn't, ha it doesn't have a sense of like peaks and valleys when yeah, it comes to these emotional it moments. A it is lot. a plateau of yeah. emotional moments. Mm -hmm. So when the ending comes and he has like this big overdose scene, yeah. spoiler. Yeah. Uh, should we do a spoiler? I already spoiled it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He, well, it's not really a spoiler because he has multiple overdoses. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is another spoiler, but <laughs> the thing is, it's it keeps plateauing on all these emotional beats and you can't discern like what are the important, important ones. So when the ending comes and they're sitting in those two chairs, I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah. That's my take on the film. If you ask me, I think Amazon should have put their money behind like, they what was, they should have put it behind You Were Never cool. Really Here. You Were Never yeah, Really Here. Yeah, they did put it in Cold War, so they're good there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
beautiful boy. I enjoyed it more than most people did, but I think I think his performance is sort of in a way kind of comparable to to Rami Malek's performance. Uh, I, I, I loved those performances both, um, but at the same time, it's like performances that sort of elevated a less than stellar script, in my opinion, like easily the best part of both of those movies, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and um, Beautiful Boy was those two performances. Back to Ready Player One. <laughs> yes, I'm oh, sorry. That was oh, a that was a move on yeah. to Suspiria. Okay. Yeah. Speak I'll say my sequitter was gonna be speaking of distributed by Amazon movies. Yeah. Suspiria. Mm-hmm. So Suspiria, uh, I originally had hereditary in like my top ten mm-hmm. for horror films. Or like sorry, not top ten for horror films, but top ten for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my favorite one of my favorite films of the year. Great, great horror superbly well done and then Suspiria came out and like knocked it out of the top 10 now it's in like my top 15 so Mm -hmm. but Suspiria is so well executed it is I understand why people think it's long but I think it's very methodically paced I love that there's three peaks they're all like dance recital sequences and then there's the ending which (laughs) takes people for a loop that's for sure I haven't seen it so I can't comment on this well I have I, I've, I've seen it, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm going to comment, uh, but I would actually want to have uh, Jim comment first because he probably has positive uh, um, remarks. This film I'm is ready so to sinister. I'm ready to it's so hear. sinister. It's okay. all about like these power struggle between like... It is, but it's, it's not that good. I, but let's be clear here. Let's, let's lay down the law here. It's just the original Spirit is a great film, right? Yes, it is a great film. But I don't think it is a sacred text, right? I don't. It's there not, are, it's there not are that, inherent problems to it. It's not that is the issue. It's not the fact that it's not as good as the first Suspiria that I have a problem with it. Okay. Uh, it's that it's not doing much with the Suspiria title. It could honestly just have been a different movie. But my, would have He should have just titled it as a different thing. It would have just made some more sense that way. But like, the premise is pretty much Suspiria the same. Suspiria is not really. A girl goes from America. Yeah, yeah. The premise to is to join a sure, sure. German dance ballet troupe who are a bunch of witches. Sure. <laughs> Spoiler alert: yeah. rich witches. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but Suspiria isn't about the narrative. Suspiria is about the visuals. But that's it's why always been. The that's case. the original that's, one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in order to like Luca Guadagnino was like, let me focus. Do visual. Which is another issue with like remakes, right? If you're yeah. gonna do a remake, are you gonna do like no? It doesn't have Gus to be Man a straight cycle. Like, no, no, no. Here's remake. The thing. Yo, yo, it doesn't or you have, have to do like be the exact same thing but worse because it's not gonna. Ever it doesn't look have to be exactly the same style of visuals, but I mean, you know, this is Luca Guadagino. He did a bigger splash. He did Call Me by Your Name. Why does this feel dull? It's not dull. It's so uh, un- everything's it's underlying the whole time in the background. There is this underlying sinister nature. To not it. really. Like there's a fight for power struggle in the whole thing. The witches are like it only really shows up. It's it's like a fight, but it's not really a fight. Like everything happens at the end. The witches are trying to be the, the what is They're it? They're trying like, the to the head mother, and they do that vote. And Tilda Swinton's character gets voted out, and now it starts getting like oh shit. And then no, wait, spoiler. And then uh, Dakota Johnson's character says, I'm the real mother. And then she has that whole Those chest open up. Yeah, but that's just at the end. Like, out of nowhere, the, the you know, she, Dakota Johnson, Johnson's character switched to that type of thing. Really, just at the end scene, you know. I know she was, like, 
it, it kind of hinted that she was going that way. It but gave her power, and then that power exceeded their own. They're like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. And then it's, she starts like, blowing people's It's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. Uh, I liked it, the, like, as, you know, as I walked out of the theater, because a lot of it is, is you know, meant for shock. Like, especially that ending scene where they just turn everything red, and, like, it's just all blood everywhere. But then I, I replay it in my head, and I'm like... That wasn't that great of a visual, to be honest. Like, I wasn't really that impressed. What you like about it, Jim? Uh, I really like, in terms of like the, the, the horror movies this year, I still prefer Hereditary, which I guess we'll get to. But mm-hmm. um, I think Suspiria is a combination of a lot of great elements that isn't, in my opinion, as cohesive as of an experience something like Hereditary is. I, I love that, like, almost everything about Hereditary. Um, but for Suspiria, I loved, like like Greg said, like, the underlying um, sinister nature to it. I loved the score a lot, um, which I thought was super unique. Um, tra- transition from a lot of different themes and stuff. Um, uh, I, I actually do like how visually it wasn't, it wasn't like the original at all. It's not I like supposed to. I like the, the I weird, like... Like six act structure to it. I thought the pacing was really was really good. I never really felt bored. Um, the makeup was kind of was insane. Um, it was. Uh, the movie is not like bad, as I said. It's it's well like there is effort. You can tell there's effort put into right. it. Right. But you know, I was expecting better like camera angles from Luca Guadagnino. Expect expecting yeah like different think, different may, more different lenses than than I saw. You know, just a wider variety of stuff, you know, in terms of, like, I think he might have wanted to get that closed-in perspective, you know, but to me, I, I don't like See, that. I, 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 I do, I do want to say about the soundtrack, though. I love the soundtrack on its own. <laughs> you it's, know? It's, it's funny that you say about the cinematography, because I thought that was one of the best parts of it. I thought it was, it, it was really reminiscent of, like, this, like, 70s horrors, horror feel without being like directly ripped off from the original like i thought it, it actually like had a vision to it um i don't know for me i i thought you know like I, i'm just exp- I'm, I'm not talking about like in terms of just compared to other 70s films uh like what it's based on but uh just in terms of you know him like as a, as a director he's given much better cinematography previously i guess i can't really because i've seen i've seen call me by your name but i haven't seen a bigger splash so i guess i can't really comment on, you know yeah. and a whole, bigger splash his whole body of work a bigger splash is based on lucky scene which is considered one of the best films in terms of cinematography how it shoots a lot of stuff well yeah the point is great film on its own uh not the best guadagnino film it That's doesn't fair. hold back whatsoever, which is something I really loved about it, about Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree on your cinematography points, but we're going to agree to disagree because we got to keep moving. <laughs> That's Wait, about, about which of our cinematography points? Mine. He's just agreeing with me. He likes what? the, he likes likes the movie. Yeah. He's disagreeing with me. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got I don't know. You, you've seen it. Call Me By Your Name, though, right? Yeah, I mean they're both. I feel like they're both on the same level. I don't think so. Not. I think no. I think one is. They're both achieving different things. They're both clearly paced, slowed down films. That's not just. That's not it only. It's it's what you capture, how you frame a shot as well. It's not done. Who's the cinematographer on both of these films? I don't know. They're probably the same. 
Probably. I wouldn't doubt that. Sayongbu, who? Oh my god, I'm butchering his name. Muck Deprom. He's done Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. And Arabian Nights. And so they are the same, right? Yes, mm -hmm. they are the same. So Sorry, I guess I not as good as what he did on, uh, on Call Me By Your Name, you know? Okay, next. Um, Next on my list, does you or never really hear appear on anyone else's? Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll wait. We'll talk about. Wait, does it appear on mine? Yeah. yeah and miseducation comes up later too, so. Yeah. Bowie, you're up next. Alright, well, um, you know, I wanna. I wanna leave Sorry to Bother You to Jim. So I'm gonna talk about mid 90s. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Alright. No, y'all know, I, I've said this, I also was on the podcast for this. It's. You know, it's a personal film. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, like everything that happens in the film, but uh, it's not supposed to be glorifying everything that happens in the film. Uh, it's just trying to tell an accurate story. And, and you know, we have to, uh, at least I had to come to terms with the fact that as a kid, those those things were existent in, in the culture that I was in. Like, I, I used to skate until I got injured, but I still hung out with the crowd that skates mm -hmm. for a very long time so you know it's it's my childhood it wasn't in the mid 90s it was in the early 2000s but in Dubai that's that's when we got the skating craze and yeah I I think it was such a such an accurate retelling of that that I just had to relate so mm -hmm. that's why I like the film a lot I mean when I first saw it I, I just I don't know, like, I don't, and I don't appreciate, like, I get that it's part of the times, and so you, they did say homophobic slurs, and they said, did say racist slurs, but and I it's feel bad. Like, it's bad, it and I don't think, bad. like, it's and, trying to glorify it at I all. But I feel like this movie is so distant, and what, like, for me, I don't, it almost felt like Jonah Hill was, like, distantly idolizing these kids, rather than, like, going into their perspective and allowing us to be, feel like it, we're or with them? I don't know. That's the, that's the thing. I felt the opposite. Completely different. I felt okay. that I was yeah, that's totally fine. that I was in a realistic retelling of, of this of this story, and mm -hmm. and that their problems are just uh, real. They're not. It's. I mean, it's especially it's especially accurate with the final scene where uh, you know they all come to the hospital, right? But they're the ones who got him into that hospital bed, and mm -hmm. Jonah Hill talks about that too. He's like. You know, this isn't, I'm not trying to preach any morals here. I'm not a moralist. Uh, I'm just showing you the reality of what's going on. I mean, it's, it's messed up that he, uh, got, he got into that situation because of the friends. But it's also, you know, it's two sides to the, to the story, you know, for the characters. Like, they, they got him into that mess, but they understand that what they did was bad. And they understand. Do they, like... Yeah, it never really comes across that way in the film, and I think that for the for of, the car thing, I mean they I, I do think, a little bit, but like I feel like it's such a distant film that like everything kind of just poorly sticks out. Like anything, it just feels so lifeless at some point. Like the only parts of that I felt like had life were like when they were just skating. No one was talking; they were just skating and having fun. Mm -hmm. And those were the parts I really enjoyed at that film. I like, I, I like the part where he was talking uh, where uh, Nuck was talking to uh, Sonny's character. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that character part as well. I think that was 
I, if we're thinking about the same scene, I think that was probably the best scene. Of the, yeah, it's, of the it's film. one of the best scenes but in the film. But anytime like something needs to drive this plot, like the ending, spoiler alert, they get in a car crash. Yeah. Like that felt so out of place. Like I just couldn't get behind this film at the end. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, I kind of agree with with Cynthia because it feels like with the like relationship between um, Sonny and like the um, like all the other the rest of the cast, it doesn't really feel like. Or you can't really tell, like, if they're trying to, like, glorify or criticize, like, that relationship. And it's, like, definitely problematic in a lot of ways. Um, and so I didn't really know how to feel about that also. Um, it felt like the plot also meandered a lot and things weren't really fully resolved. Yeah, um, it's, it's a slice of life. I don't know if... I, I get that's, like, supposed to be the point or whatever, but it was there's points where I'm just, like, this is dragging on really long. And it's, like, an 80-minute movie. Yeah, I thought that was I like a real. That. I don't know. For me, for me, the realism of it, like every, yeah, every uh, everything there was was accurate to me, just based on my experience. You know. Yeah, and, that's totally fine. And yeah. because yeah. of that, like it felt like, you know, I was in there, and it was just a realistic retelling rather than oh, I'm I'm trying to show this part but not this part. He didn't hide anything. Right. Which. You know, in fact, like, one of the producers told him not to hide anything. But, you know, so... Yeah, that's, that's my... It's a personal film, you know? Yeah. I, I... Bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happened at that time, and I'm, I'm not excusing it. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Those, those slurs, they're bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Very, very bad, and, like... And they were bad then as well, but... Mm -hmm. They happen. I guess this yeah. film was disappointing me because I'm I'm a big fan of slice of life films and I just could not get behind this yeah. one whatsoever. And, and, and agree I'm to big, disagree. I'm a big fan of slice of life. I couldn't get into Roma though. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and a twenty four films, and I was like disappointed in both aspects. Honestly, that's fine. You know, it's just the it is I guess my hottest take on this. Uh, and uh, you were I know never a lot really of here. Really liked it, so. You were never really here. Is obviously. I think we can all agree that phenomenal. Was yeah, amazing. that's yeah. yeah. It's number three for me, but it's a this one was hard actually. For number three, and number two it was very very hard picking between you were never really here and blind spotting. I ended up going for blind spotting uh, at number two, and you were never really here. Yeah, this is my number, number two. two. Uh, but yeah, you were never really here. You know, Joaquin Phoenix. I'm a huge fan. I ever you know like he should have been. He should have got that Oscar instead of Daniel Day-Lewis for the third time, you know. Your dude already had two Oscars, okay. give it someone new. You don't have to break a record every year. Uh, but yeah, no, I've always liked anything Joaquin Phoenix has been in. And I was, you know, when this movie came out, I just had to see it. Uh, I, I missed the theater run, so I had to see it as soon as it came out on, like, DVD or, you know, rental, whatever. Uh, and just a really great it's, dark it's, character study that kind yes, of gets it's, 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 yeah. it's a perfect stylistic piece as well you know mm -hmm. and Lynn Ramsey snubbed snubbed so yeah. fucking hard. hard and I, I don't know why Oscars that is even, preach diversity like that's Do that's it. so sure. sad that is like the worst thing that the Oscars have done you know and I, I have like you know I like Barry Jenkins a lot too but I think Lynn Ramsey over, you know, Adam McKay, and I would accept that even if Barry Jenkins was snubbed. But 
just taking out Lynn Ramsey when she gave such such a fantastic film. In fact, I thought this was going to compete for 2017 when it first you know showed at Cannes Film Festival in 2017. Well, Cannes doesn't always translate to Oscars. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, it doesn't always. Yeah, in some I ways, excited. I respect Cannes. Actually, not in some. No, in the majority of ways, <laughs> I respect Cannes' choices over. Um, Academy. Like the Academy choices. They're still not that great all the time, though, you know what I'm saying? I mean, every body of group has their flaws. But even if you don't pick, like, if still. they don't pick, like, say you don't like the Palm d'Or, even the ones in competition are still a lot better than the, yeah, than that the is quote true. unquote in competition ones for the Oscars. Right? That is true. I agree with like, that. Like, I don't enjoy Cam, like, excluding Netflix. Like, they don't show Netflix films. But, like, yeah. they still have, like, I think their yeah. take on film is much better than Academy. It's sad. Yeah, at least got some, you get some more words at cans for All right. screenplay. I will just, yeah. uh, but it's just such a great film, Johnny right. Greenwood. There, yeah. um, I feel like, like I said before, Amazon should have been putting their push behind this one. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Walking Phoenix, I mean, they got, got an Oscar that's good. They got Cold War. Walking yeah. Phoenix should have, should have been nominated for an Oscar for, for Best Actor, to yeah. be honest. And I saw she, he could and get then it. And there's also the notion of like, what is like. The Academy, like, what is the Oscar machine, right? It's so hard for a film to come out and, like, you, you've been seeing it a little bit now with, like, Get Out or, like, yeah. Black Panther, but for a film to come out in, like, March and have that sustained mm -hmm. uh, buzz yeah. is really hard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, don't sleep on it. Lynn Ramsey's the goat. She mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm kind of iffy on uh, we need to talk about Kevin, but that's just personal. Uh, and uh, Barry this Jenkins. is amazing. Like Ratcatcher, yeah, check it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see Ratcatcher. Uh, either way, moving on to uh, Blind Spotting. Uh, I love that. Movie. What a film! Amazing, so fucking good. I think I think floored me. I think Blind Spotting blends it. comedy and drama in better such, than like I think anything, <laughs> anything. So, so far. Honestly, it's so good. It is it is the best blend. Yeah. And it, like you laugh genuinely very hard at times yeah and then you're like but it never shies away and then no and then at times like i, I was crying dude, dude like the, shit the, and i was scared a lot of the times for the main characters man the way they set up the story to have all these like uh you know just background uh dangers mm -hmm. just in this you know like just mm -hmm. telling you that this is a dangerous place for this person to be in just by living there yeah it's crazy and then seeing that that place is changing but only for other characters mm -hmm. not for him man, it's, it hits you hard yeah uh oh that film that's something that was snubbed so hard from everywhere no one talks about this film and it's a shame the seattle film critics circle loved it well that's good <laughs> but you know general buzz not that much and i'm I love the love for Oakland. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's great. David Both Dix that and sorry to bother you, so she'll love Oakland. Yeah, the and fact, Black Panther. The yeah. fact yeah. that they have the uh, you know the white character like the best friend as well is such a good addition to the film mm -hmm. that really sets it apart. No, that 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 dynamic is yeah. what makes the movie. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. There's the there's the scene in the alleyway. Um, the it's scene, like, yeah, the scene in the alleyway, the scene where he's walking in the street after, after yeah, the fight. Yeah, there's, there's, that, like, I was, there's like four, I was so there's like four scenes that are just completely stand out. It's that, it's when he's walking um, and the police car shows up. Um, there's uh, 
The scene where the the kid gets the gun. Yeah. Oh yeah. My oh god. my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Every just like how things could change just in one moment, you mm-hmm. know, it's crazy. And then, and then obviously the, the the final scene. Yeah. Obviously the final scene. I, I really don't want to like spoil a bunch of no, details because I, I just want everyone to needs it. to see this movie. It's a must watch for anyone who hasn't seen it. And yeah, it's a shame that it only had like a limited release for a couple weeks in the U.S. And I, I couldn't even catch it in the U.S. I was lucky enough to catch it in Dubai, which is a big surprise. Yeah, no, I'm so happy I did. What a fantastic film. Yeah, either way. Uh, and that pretty much covers your list. Yeah, that pretty much covers <laughs> All right. Anything particularly unique? Uh, I guess we can... I want to talk... Actually, I want to talk Star about Stars Born. Born is unique. And yeah. Favorite is also unique. Um, I want to talk about Stars Born. I feel like... And we talk about Stars Born, Favorite, and Widows. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Stars Born. I was really excited when I... Like, this is... Trailers don't usually get me hyped that much. I am very neutral when I see trailers. I saw this trailer in a theater and I was blown away first. When I saw it was Lady Gaga, I was like, what the hell? That's Lady Gaga. Second, like, it's so, like, that shallow scene where they, like, the buildup in the trailer where it's like, she's singing shallow. I don't want to imitate it because I know I'm going to fuck it up. But that scene, it, it was hyped up so much. Like, that point in the trailer, like, that gave me goosebumps. And when I went to see it in theater, I gave it so much excitement and so much hype, I thought it would let me down. And the first hour is some of the best cinema I have seen this year. It is so perfectly paced and the story just moves along so well and it's beautifully shot. Like that is the most underrated part about this film. It is beautifully shot. And then the performances of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga just really solidified this film for me. And I think it's a basic Hollywood film. The premise is not anything spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it's based on- It's off the force (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, this is the best version by far, like, a mile. It runs and runs away from it, but all of them. And I think what Cooper brings to the table for Star is Born is really unique. I think if you've seen the other stars, Star is Born, um, and I heard this, this is a slight criticism of it, but, like, he focuses it more... I mean, it's called A Star is Born, so you focus it on Lady Gaga's character, but he also adds more of a personal touch to his character because the... The ending is more related to him, and so the other stars, stars borns, they don't flesh out the main character that well compared to how Bradley Cooper does, does it. it. And he, he kind of steals a little bit too much from Lady Gaga, in my opinion, in the end. But at the same time, it still feels more of a payoff. Like, it feels more personal. And I just think what they did with this film is, like, fantastic. Can we, like, spoil... The Star is Born. You know, to, okay, let me say this. Like, I haven't seen it. Okay. And primarily because of the trailer. It was it was everywhere. It was, I, everywhere. it was everywhere. I didn't I didn't like it at all. I, I thought the trailer was was making it out to be like like it was just Oscar bait. Like I thought it was oh my god, this is the most Oscar bait trailer I have ever seen in my life. Sorry, I do apologize, no. but this is just literally. I my, think it was the best trailer. I don't think Oscar thing, is always inherently the bad. only thing. No, sure, sure, but the only thing that really got me, I guess, 
you know, What's paying Dave attention. Chappelle? Well, it's Dave Chappelle. He's he's not he's underutilized. Oh, I know. He's, he's in like one. So that's the thing. You see, he's, does he's not there? It's it's kind of it's it's the opposite of. It might be the opposite of uh, song to song. Yo, Greg, remember song to song? I remember it, but I don't, what is that? Do you remember the trailer for Song to Song compared to the movie? The trailer makes it seem so much more energetic. And but then the, the movie is trailer does make it feel energetic. Does it, it though? That's the thing. It makes it, it feel so slow and long and... and oh. Shallow is... Takes so shallow much time. is like a powerhouse. So if that was wrong, well, I haven't seen it. The build-up to Shallow, shallow is probably is like a powerhouse one song. of the best scenes this year. Like, that build-up to that moment is like i don't want to spoil it because i think it's really great and greg hasn't seen it I haven't but seen it, it feels like a ticking time bomb waiting to explode and it, the payoff that cooper is able to create is just so fantastic not to mention that they hyped it up so much in the trailer and it's still really good in the movie it, i think it has two scenes in that film that can be a contender for best scene there's the other one when she's in the parking lot with bradley cooper mm. i think that scene is really raw and genuine and I just think what he does, along with like the cinematography and the color hues and when to focus on which character, I think he does a really, really good job. The second yeah. half gets There's a little also slow. One I think. Thing. There's also one thing that I want to point out to see if I should go watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't like the music. Like, it doesn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm. So, should I? Um, uh, it's not a thing that, I mean, I don't think I it's. Like I'm it, not a huge fan of. I don't Shadow. think it's I, that. I, I think it's okay. You know, I like Lady Gaga's older stuff though. I think so that, much more. I think her Shallow, electronic music. Even stuff if you is don't like great. it, I think the moment leading up to it and it's the song is more for impact. It's not for like you want to listen to it because it's a good bop. I particularly like Shallow as a song. That's my opinion. But I feel like that scene is more of the moment rather than the music. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, saying in general, also that kind of music, not my favorite, the type that Bradley Cooper like does sing. Oh, it's, it's yeah, gone in the rock. second half. It's oh. gone in the second half. Okay, so. good. Well, I'll, 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 you know, give it a chance when it, when it comes around to, to streaming, you know, mm -hmm. but it, the, the, the trailer did not catch me. I, I, that's the thing. I thought people were hating on the trailer, but I guess, I guess not. I guess I'm in the minority. I uh, uh, I'll say let's go on to the favorite. Uh, okay. We are hour twenty six. Oh, uh, sorry for for taking up so much of this. Do you have something you want to say? I just think it's um, it's Yorgos Lanthimos is more chill film, and it's still really weird and strange. And I think yeah, the commentary on woman female dynamic and the female insecurity is really like the way he plays it out is really interesting. Not to, like. And it's really dark, but also comedic. And I think the, that's a perfect blend. And every scene is just really fun to watch. That's kind of my short pitch on that, I guess. I think it has three of the best female performances of the year. It does. <laughs> Honestly. Um, no question. Yeah, like I said, I think it has three of the best female performances of the year. Uh, I really liked the... Di or I, I more liked. I, I loved the, di the dynamic between all three of the characters, I think. It's really interesting because you, you like at first will side with with Emma Stone's character and she's being all, but then the the more it goes on without spoilers, you see like more of her true personality and then you get to see, um, just how her and like Rachel Wise are 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 competing and it feels really tense, but it's also never sacrifices any of the humor, um, which I think is is a really 
I just, it's it's just really great. This is really great. And yeah, Lanthimos always has this like flares of camera tricks, oh. and I think it's just. Oh, we're on the favorite now. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, I'm I'm spacing out. Okay, I thought we were still on Stars Born. Okay. No, 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 no. 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 We're on the favorite. We're on the favorite. Yes, continue. I'm sorry. I'm rude. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just think Lanthimos. What he brings to the story, he brings pretty much just flips the period piece like on its head. Like he just kind of reverses everything you yeah. expect from one. And I think he d it's just such a unique take on such a strange story. It's almost kind of making fun of period pieces and you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like there's the certain parts of the set and uh, the costumes, like uh, like Olivia Coleman has like uh, uh, eggplant earrings. Like the certain certain details make it feel a little bit more. Um, that out there, uh, mm -hmm. comedic and like macabre. Uh, it's a little like, bit, yeah, it's a little more contemporary. We mentioned this yeah. in the podcast yeah. where it has some script puff ups where you think yeah. of a contemporary piece where they speak explicitly in uh, like dated language. Yeah. This one has some little buff up to it. It's not like Marie Antoinette contemporary, which yeah. is like peak contemporary <laughs> period piece, but it, it is like close enough there with it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think he does such a unique thing on a genre I particularly like, so. Mm -hmm. I have no comment on this film. Maybe I've seen See, it. I, I, typically, no. I typically don't enjoy period pieces that much, and this was just like the perfect combination Atonement. Atonement's good. Atonement yeah. is <laughs> I haven't seen great. Atonement is fantastic. Any Kira Knightley period piece, I think you should check out. Those are I think really there's, a, there's, a, there's a new one, or not period no, piece. No, but, but Atonement like is special. Colette, Colette is fine. Is, was Colette a period piece? Yes, it is, for okay. sure. Atonement is special though, and how crushing it is. Either way, uh, yeah, I have a comment, so we could we could just we could just if no one else has anything to say I'm, about I'm, the favorite. I'm okay for his performance of getting Oscar noms. Yeah, yeah. I'm behind for sure. That's fair. Um, so widows now. Okay. Widows. Yes, Finally, I get into it. loved widows. Um, I saw it. When did I see it? I think I saw him screaming and usually I watch films where I, when I watch movies there's no one in the theater so I feel like okay to be emotionally loud or whatever after watching Widows I really wanted to just stand up and clap but I didn't feel okay doing that but I just thought Widows was spectacular okay so Widows is on my list right mm -hmm. it's uh at number eight mm -hmm. um and we, we like to talk about here I love the movie I love the movie more now than when mm -hmm. I first saw it because uh, I'm a huge fan of heist films, like a big fan. I love heist films too. But like, you know, like for the formula, like I, I like that formula mm -hmm. as well. And so I was expecting, you know, a, a play on the formula on this, but still, you know, with the focus on kind of a heist, right? The and heist is 10 minutes. The heist is not the focus of the film. No way. And I, like I wish I knew, I wish I had known that before going into the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that I, you know, realize that that is the case and that it's actually more about the personal, interpersonal relationships yes. between yes. each character, it, it functions so much better as that type of mm -hmm. movie. However, uh, I think Steve McQueen was doing that on purpose where he was like, or at least a production studio was doing that on purpose when they were making the trailer. Mm -hmm. The trailer made it look oh, like yeah. it's I, a heist. It made it look like, it, like a total action. Movie. Yeah, this is gonna be a heist movie. No. And Okay, so this movie from Steve McQueen. Let's, let's the go, most action-packed scene is the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Well, and and also, well, the and first like five minutes the, is the most action-packed, but there's also a flashback, oh, and then there's yeah. also the final heist is 
still, you know, very energetic uh, and really nice. And it's, mm -hmm. it's still good. It's very well done. Mm -hmm. So he can make a heist film. Yes. Uh, that's not the issue. That's, that's why I realized, like, by the time it got to the heist, I was like, okay, he can make a heist film, but he's not, he's not trying to. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate that. I like it so much as a film. It's not a good heist film, though. But it's a fantastic movie. Fantastic film in general. And I love it so much. No, I, I agree with all those points. Um, I think yeah, that, I really no. think they... Oh, go I would say this film also has a... It exists in a space. It's very common. It's commentating on the space it, it is. And it yeah. also talks about, mm -hmm. like, like behind-the-door racism of, like, mm -hmm. politics, right? There's that yeah, one scene of Colin Farrell where he's, like... He's, talk, he's trying to talk about, like, being related to the people and, mm -hmm. like, down-to-earth. And then, like, he's, he's, and, like, in, the he's in, like, a slum, he's, like, a slum area that's mm -hmm. always... Um, not economically prosperous. Mm -hmm. It's downtrodden. This is set in Detroit, right? It's in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. somewhere in there. Are you talking about the scene where it's the cameras on the the car? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it goes seems, from this yes. slum area where he's like trying to say like he's for helping these people, mm -hmm. and then he immediately starts like being a complete racist behind the door. And this shot never shows it. It's the windows are all tinted. You're just hearing the audio. Mm -hmm. and you're seeing him go from um, this impoverished area to his own neighborhood and it's just it's wealthy yeah. one, one take yeah. and it tells you everything you need to know about yeah. like these like closet racists who say they're yeah they're, trying, say to they're trying to help yeah. people but then they're actually having mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. really bad views on mm -hmm. the inside so i think stephen queen's also like it's the place where it is, is it detroit or chicago it's chicago for sure okay yeah, yeah. i make that clear. Yeah. so that's a chicago thing yeah no and and like even even the other uh, the other characters uh, are are really good. There's like as eight, well. nine Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, Daniel yeah. Kaluuya is. Phenomenal. I'm surprised he hasn't Again, gotten no any critics. No he hasn't gotten any critics buzz, and he's That's terrifying. That's sad. Like, because yeah. he he really packs a punch with his his performance. His eyes I like in the film. The, sorry, I like when he sets up the the wheelchair and knocks. Yeah. It and he's like, Oh my god, Dan Clue is really scary. There's also this time where he sets up the rap battle. He's like, go on, Oh rap. yeah, yeah. And go then it, the, the camera and just kind of revolves yeah. around him, yeah. just walking around. That film made oh, my that stomach was... sink. Yeah. It's, it's close to being gratuitous, but I don't think it, it It's not it's, gratuitous. It gets, it gets close. I don't know, I think photography like, there is like, it's one of its greatest points. I was like so like disturbed when they have the football scene when he's just watching football and this guy's getting beat to death. Yeah. Like, that yeah. made my stomach think, I'm like, oh my God, this is so dark. Yeah. I don't think it's like Tarantino gratuitous. It's not Tarantino gratuitous. Tarantino like does it in a way that's supposed to be, oh, this is fun. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. never in one moment where like they're doing the heist because they have I mean, to. Like he, a lot of heist yeah. films are like, oh, I'm not doing like this a, because we can. Yeah, you know? we just it's wait. not like a fun ride. It's, yeah, it's very yeah. It's the score. It's the Italian job, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but like everything just feels like it's not life or death, but it feels more personal. Like they're doing it because they need to. Like yeah. they need or they're gonna die. Yeah, I like what it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. So this played in theaters for a long time. So if you have not checked it out, please do. It's one yeah. of my favorites of this year. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, great cast. Did Viola Davis Reed? get nominated for anything? No one of no. them got nominated. Widows got zero Oscar nominations. That's which sad. is really weird because I, I figured right after I saw it, I'm like, this is going to be a big awards contender, and I was completely wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same with Beale Street. Same with 
you know, but Beale Street more so than Widow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Widow, Beale Street I thought was like, Viola I thought Davis Beale Street was, was like locked, though. Yeah, I thought it was gonna sweep. It I should figured, sweep. I figured it Widow would sweep, get, in my opinion, would get something because Steve McQueen. But I thought yeah. some one actor was gonna get at least one. Or one. yeah, but, 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 but Steve McQueen's also like six years removed yeah. from his last film. Yeah. But his last yeah. film was Twelve Years a Slave, which one? Which was one. Best Picture winner. Yeah. Ah, sad. Oh, well. Also, Elizabeth Debicki's really good in this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the supporting cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go on to gyms. Yeah, we're going to do gyms now. Oh, uh, okay. All right, sorry to bother you. That's... Wow. Well, that's wait, one well, on, on your... No, that's one that's... Let like, him reveal it. Uh, He's got to reveal it first. Oh, he needs to do Hereditary first. My bad. He is, did you even reveal it? Yeah, did I we th- talk? Wait, yeah, we think. We yeah, 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 we did it. This yeah. podcast is so long, long that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 should we do hereditary or sorry to bother you? Uh, you have to do hereditary because none of us have it. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to bother you, and then we'll do. Um, we'll do Roma. Roma. We already did blind spotting. Yeah. yeah. Hereditary is a film that didn't really shake me until like the second viewing, because um, I, I I really got to like think more about like the 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 deeper subtextual stuff um all the stuff about grief um it was just it, it was it was it was a film that just i i don't know i i, I typically horror movies don't really impact me like like that's fair that much mm-hmm. at all and then this one it was just it, it was something about it that that I, I, I can't even really put a finger on. Um, just the whole form about like the, the, the discomfort, the family unit just tearing apart. I think there's something so real and so scary about that, but it also in this heightened you know, reality. It's, um, a, it's a film about like domestic horrors. I mean, like, the yeah. title is Hereditary, so yeah. it's all about what you inherit from, from your parents, right? Yeah. It's like the grandmother dies and they inherit all these weird items. They learn that she's in like this satanic cult and all of a sudden they start becoming like possessed by it. It's like this whole kind of like, I don't want to become my mother or father kind of fear. And it's mm-hmm. playing, yeah. it's playing into that kind of uh, like disappointment or like dissatisfaction that comes from doing to it. And I think the horror that sets up into it is it kind of creates um, this uh, like weird, it, like it, it evokes Rosemary's baby in terms of like you have this mystery going on and then it only like unravels like the last the last bit is so crazy and it goes like the yeah, that remember A24 released that heartbeat graph it mm-hmm. hyped it up to like unrealistic they shouldn't have released that because yeah. everyone hated it and mm-hmm. like they yeah. hated the film they got like yeah. a D on Cinema Score yeah yes too Don't trust Cinema Score but Cinema Score is for like what do you the general public I always trust Cinema Score for Mother though that's uh. right Mm. <laughs> and love it didn't hate it yeah it's, you need it's a bible movie one, yeah um but hereditary the last sequence just peaks just like kind of like what rosemary rosemary's baby does where everything's like flushed out mm-hmm. or not not flesh but flush everything's mm-hmm. laid out and you yeah. see it and you're like oh here's everything and tony collette gives a great performance as the mom um there was Oscar buzz for it. Again, also another film that was released earlier in the year. Yeah, just got The lost. Oscar machine makes it really difficult for like, mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of momentum to exist. Mm-hmm. It and shouldn't for, have been for, this year. For though. genre films, too. And it's also, yeah, that too. It's a genre film. Uh, Ari Aster's is his first film that he directed, 
which is very impressive to see. And uh, I was a big fan when I saw that, especially the ending, man. That ending where it is, you see um, Tony Collette's character perched up in the corner and you can barely see it. Like if you yeah. have a bad, if you're watching this during the daytime, you probably wouldn't need it see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the dynamic, you need a really good dynamic range screen or see yeah. it in like a dark theater to great. see yeah. her in the corner. <laughs> it makes the whole scene and her just creeping and crawling through like literally space. She's literally another, another thing, no jump scares, no crazy like soundtrack until like maybe like the last minute. No, it's um, all tangible horror things. Yeah. And, like it, it has three peaks like Suspiria does. The in-between moments are just as good as um, like the in-between. When you think of a horror film, you think of something like The Nun where it's trying to constantly put scares in. But Suspiria and Hereditary <laughs> both have like this three peak structure where like the horrors only really hit at during like the end of the act or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hereditary never tells you how to feel. It just it just puts everything out there. Uh, That's good. It doesn't try to insult your intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of other I, I don't think people are, are talking enough about um I'm forgetting the actor's name. Uh Nate Wolf. Nate, Nate Wolf? Ow. The kid from the Naked Brothers band? I thought band. he was freaking great Alex in, this, Wolf. in this film. It was Alex Wolf. Yes. One of the ones. I thought he was great in this film. A lot, of, a lot of people were saying he was the worst performer and because of like his cry. Which, you know, what whatever. But um, I think the scene in the car, I won't spoil what happens, <sighs> but that scene, I think, is... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know that scene, sure. my stomach dropped. I think that that performance, his reaction, just felt like because he just drives home, and he's just he's just so in shock that he can't do anything. I think this film made you said your stomach dropped. This film made my stomach drop so much that I don't think I can watch it again mm-hmm. until yeah. like maybe five years. That's like down the dude, road. It's the- just so visceral. Like I. When they had that, when they made the clicking sound, when the daughter makes the clicking sound, I couldn't tell if it was in the theater or not. I thought I thought it was like some kid playing like a prank because they they what they do in the film is they put the sound bit during like when it's it's suggesting like yeah. off screen space uh-huh. as if it's in his head. Yeah, this is after she. Oh, I'm not gonna spoil it. Yeah. Um, but I thought I couldn't tell if it was someone behind me <laughs> making the clicking sounds and whether or not it was the thing in the theater because it'd be, it would be something a yeah. person would do. After, after my, my roommate and I saw that, saw that movie, he kept doing that. I'm like, stop. No. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, yeah. Clicking and ceilings are not the same anymore after this film. <laughs> okay, let's see. We did Hereditary. Let's do Sorry to Bother You in Roma. We're almost, we're approaching, t- we're 15 we're minutes over two hours. So let's kind of like... We already talked about Sorry to Bother on the podcast. Let's kind of like distill the thoughts of that podcast onto this. Mm-hmm. Sorry to Bother You, great film, crazy. One of the best, one of the most original screenplays yes. in a long time. Uh-huh. It wasn't nominated. Sad, um, snubbed as well. Yeah. Um, Cash is Green, uh, Keith Stanfield, great actor. Tessa Thompson, great actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Crews is in the film. Yeah. Um, Steven Nguyen is in the film as well mm-hmm. from Burning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Did you say Tessa Thompson? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Tessa good. Thompson is great. Uh, and uh, I phase out a lot, so I apologize, <laughs> I apologize to the listeners. Uh, yeah. it's a, it has a great message, and even though it's like over the top, it's still 
is grounded by its message at times. And I like that a lot. I think I think it's an over the top, like its me- its message is over the top, but that's is reflected in how over the top the film is. Yeah, which I think is it's 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 something. It's, it if you haven't seen this film, uh, yeah. For for me, I thought it tackles a lot. Uh, you mentioned it being over the top. I think it has to be over the top to be in order to sit, in order to properly satirize yeah. what it's trying mm-hmm. to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like in order, it's like how many steps removed are we actually That's from this? Which is yeah. why it makes it good. Uh, it is mm-hmm. like scattershotting a lot of subjects. Doesn't do a particular one very well, but I yeah. think it does that because it wants to paint a picture of society, mm-hmm. not just um, one issue. One issue. Um, I think that's where so it loses me a little bit, but I still particularly, I liked it. Like, a lot of people that's have the compl- Jade Room. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have complained. A lot of people complain about about like the last third and how it just yeah. completely loses. I think it it's it what makes it. So oh yeah, it's what makes trailer it. Just, trailer doesn't probably no, no, yeah. yeah. I saw this at a Sif screener because it was the is the centerpiece, and you can't really get centerpiece um, tickets because they're usually yeah. like. They're usually for um, yeah. the people who donate. Yeah, and stuff crap. like that. I saw a screening and I was like, trying to find someone to look over to because there's no one there. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? Yeah, it's you know, I was I was I was with my friend and we saw it and we were just like, we just we just looked at each other. We we didn't speak for like ten minutes after the movie had ended either. Yeah. it was it's it's an experience. It that that's all I can really say. Uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, I was I, I honestly thought yes and you're great on it but I, I thought it was like when, when they had the green doors like a lot of green doors I thought he was going to stumble onto something I didn't know it was going to be that though you know? yeah. and I was there alone and I was like okay yeah there's, there's going to be something crazy Bruce Riley here. describes it as uh, a science fiction f- film it's a science fiction yeah. film yeah it's, it's a fair assessment yes it's in the dystopian aspect it, yeah mm-hmm. Um, it goes, it goes to a point where it's it's not it's not quite reality, for like the first two thirds of it, and then it pulls back even more, but then it just. But it tackles like so. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's it's closer to reality at the start, and then yeah. more, and more, and more and more. Yeah, and more. yeah, just yeah. Like, it just especially yeah. when he goes up to like uh, army hammers. What is party. it? What is it? Power sellers. That's oh, yeah. power, power sellers. sellers. Power callers. Power callers. Yeah. Power, callers. Yeah. Yeah. power caller, baby. <laughs> Um, ready to move on? Yes, yeah. number Roma. Roma. Oh, Roma, never mind. Love this film. I know, I know, Louis. <laughs> I know, I know what uh, these thoughts Three are. people love this film. I'm the only one who doesn't. I really just don't like this film, I actually. Think, I think Alfonso Cuaron is one of the best filmmakers alive I right think now. so, too. I think so, too. So that's the thing. That's why it's very disappointing for me. Like, I love Itumama Champions like, so much. Did you like Gravity? I love Gravity. See that that's where we, that's where you disagree. I love Children I, of Men. And so do I. I love Itumama Tambien so much. It's my favorite film by him. And so I was expecting a lot from Roma. And then I got Italian neorealism in twenty eighteen. I was like, okay. But that's this is good. I get what, that what, this what, is what, the what, point. What, what's inherently wrong not like he didn't Italian neorealism new with it. You know, like bicycle thieves, for example. Okay. It's it's kind of the same, uh, honestly, just not it's not the same story, but it's like the same kind of style of of. of I don't think that's a like thing that's like, mocked it for. Yeah. No, it's 
I'm not I'm not mocking it. I'm just trying to say it's it's not doing much with that. Like it's just taking it. And you know, you could take from a lot of stuff. And that makes, you know, that makes the thing good, but it doesn't necessarily make your movie good or it's not necessarily the way to tell your story. I don't think the but story is story. Okay, it's Prince Corone's, Skinner. It's Caron's story. He can tell it however he wants. And I, I mean, think he does it in a such a Well, he said it's way. he said he said it's semi autobiographical. Uh, it's, it's a love letter to his, his mother, yeah. right? Whoever so when I wrote the, it's like it's a very interesting thing because he's writing a love letter about like the unique position that female mother figures have in society, right? The mm-hmm. the constant the constant position of having people depend on you but having no one to depend on. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I mean it's And he's like basically saying, You guys are so influential without you guys I wouldn't have been anywhere today. So he's like his love letter to them. And he's saying like you guys are amazing. I mean, they are. Didn't have to take like the thing the only thing that I have a problem with that is uh, you didn't have to make it so that like every big thing that happens to these uh, characters we are saying thank you to uh, gets put in in the back seat for twenty minutes in between each one. I get that it's a slice of life, but even in slices of life, that's not the case, uh, and I didn't agree. I don't like that type of. How I don't like think the anything went into wait, the back burner. I feel though. like it's the principal Skinner meme with you, where it's like everyone likes it, and then. You're saying, uh, it's like, um, it's like, am I out of touch? No. I'm not saying the kids are wrong. I'm just saying, for me, it's not a good film. I I think there's it's been done before better, and I don't think anything was added by this. Uh, disagree. Film. That's fine. You, you I don't think disagree. Disagree. It's okay. I I'm not expecting you to you to to agree. I just I think you can have a style and still kind of like. You don't have to like differentiate from that style. Yeah, Ooh. I don't either. I if you're not doing, it's not like it's a psycho thing. Mm-hmm. Like Gus Van Sant's psycho. This is then. I wish I could just ask him why he yeah. does Google <laughs> hunting, and his next project is to it's, do a shot for shot yeah. remake of Psycho. Yeah. I just want to know. It's like what, like. Yeah. So it's not like Psycho, obviously, but. You know, I was expecting more. I. Didn't give me enough, you know. Didn't give me enough, especially, you know, he came up, he's like, I'm making a black and white film. It's like, okay, give me some good black and white cinematography. It's, the cinematography oh, is, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. not. It's amazing. It's not, it's there's amazing. so much better. The best so cinematography in the movie, you're like, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. It's, 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 it's bad contrast. No. It's not a good contrast no. for the film. Uh, the, the shots on the beach, they're not good. No. You know, the they're not, beautiful. they're, no, it's I'm not sorry. beautiful. No. I'm sorry. Not at all. No. I know you can you Literally, can say man. sorry. No, it's it's just a fact. It, mm-hmm. Cinematography is not good. That and scene where the, they she visits the military camp and you can see the su- sand just swirling around and everything going on yeah, and dust. It's beautiful. Also, it's all the extras, all the all the coordinated extras. I think that, that that's just that's crazy. He's a master of the rotating shot. Yes. He's yes. Perfected it. Yes. yes. He's perfected. Like that is his thing now. It's like it is thing. Like the the fact that a just, camera yeah. can be. Everyone is staged in their time and choreographed so well when he's just rotating this camera slowly throughout this space. Jodorowsky does it better. Uh, I I feel like you can make that argument about essentially any film if you break I it down. I don't think enough. so. No, I just think this one doesn't do much oh my God. Y- you know, unique things to it. It's it's doing good stuff that I've seen before. 
Principal Skinner. That's all I'm going to say. Principal That's Skinner. not Principal Skinner. No. Yes, it is. Because everyone agrees that the cinematography is good. And for you to come out here swinging and saying it is not oh, good. What, what, what's, like, what's the best cinematography of the year in your opinion? Best cinematography of the year? Yeah. Uh, you were never really here. Okay, fair enough. See? But like, you can't argue that this isn't. No, I'm not. That's not what I was arguing. You just asked that question and I answered it. There's no point to make with that. I'm just saying. You can say both, like, First Man looks really good, but you can also say, like, Roma also looks looks really really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, Roma looks good. We're going to, like, can this conversation because it's not going anywhere. That's fine. Okay. So I think that's it with everyone's. Uh, five through two is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Two hours in, and it takes whoever's listening. Two Sorry. Hours in, it takes <laughs> ones. Yeah, you you get my hot take on Roma, which is the hottest take I guess of the year. I don't think I really have any hot takes in my list. Ready Player One's my hottest take. What's my hot? I my, guess Crazy Rich Asians, but that's a. I don't think it's that. It's not hot. That hot, yeah, I agree. I guess my number one is my is my. Hottest take, but that's not that. That's hot. not hot. But that's, not, that's not that hot. I mean, I, I only say All that because right, let's, you just, guys let's have just go to number one. Let's not waste any time. All number right. one, Mission Impossible Fallout goes. Number that's one. That's a hot take. Number no, one, <laughs> number one, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, my number one is the Miseducation of Cameron Post. So go one, and my number one is Beale Street. If Beale Street could talk. Without hyperbole, exaggeration, or myth-making. This is the, one of the greatest action films of all time, hands down, bar none. Nope. No question. And as soon as we can stop, as soon as we can get over the gap, everyone likes to say John Wick is comparable to this. As soon as we can stop making like the comparisons, John Wick is great, but if we can stop making like one-to-one comparisons, uh, we're going to like have a much more productive argument about why this is like one of the greatest action films of all time. Okay? Not discrediting John Wick. There's okay. not. It's not just John Wick. This film, in terms of set pieces, blows nearly anything else out of the water. Sure. Best substance, yeah. Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But that's and in just... terms of an action film, that is like one of the main things there. But you also have. I don't one know. Of the See, that's that's the thing. That's the issue. Is that set pieces are an integral part of yeah. action films, and they're done but they're well. not the only part. And they're not Which the only is why part. it is also very good. It's film fires on all cylinders. I don't know about that. I feel like it it, it does the set pieces so much better is, than it does its other stuff. This is it's, it's, it's strong point is with is it can't uh, be everywhere. He's yeah. trying to be the biggest like superhero film, and all these people are putting in like these stressful situations. Yeah, the whole thing with like Rebecca Ferguson's character yeah. is that she's coming along, and Ethan Hunt really cares about her, but, but he, he can't, can't like attached. he can't have that kind of like duality. He and can't you see the contrast. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about the the story point. The story point is like, the story is also pretty good. Uh, there's it's just like what it lacks. I guess it lacks is not a good term. It's still good in all. It's a great action film. I'm not trying to dispute that. Fantastic, fantastic action film. Uh, however, it does shine in a couple amb- elements of its action more than some other elements. For example, the, the choreographed fight scenes, while they're good, they're not the best I've seen. False. You know? No, they, they're not. They're not because there's hard-boiled and there's like a lot of other John Woo films that are so much better. Oh my God. The That's bathroom the action sequence was the so good. The bathroom action sequence is not as good the, as the hospital the sequence in hard-boiled. action sequences ever like even we mock um fuck i forgot his name the um, helicopter look, Cavill's, like yeah punching pumping he literally up his reloads his arms by like that feels out. so powerful and it 
like it's one this, of the best choreographed the, 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 the sound effects was was the, were the sound effects for that in just the trailer or was it in the movie too? No, that's the, like, the, the, the sound effects. I have no idea, but it was the whole bathroom sequence has no audio, no soundtrack at all. It's just them fighting. It just you destroying can feel shit. everything. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. It's, but I mean, Halo jump, amazing. Halo the jump opening gone. deception sequence, amazing. Mm -hmm. The bathroom brawl, amazing. The bar, smoky bar scene, great. The truck scene, great. The <laughs> helicopter chase down when he's running through over the rooftops, amazing. Yeah. The final helicopter battle, amazing. Yeah. Everything yeah. is top Final 10. helicopter battle wrong. is wrong. Louis, I'm, I'm sorry, you're wrong. No, it is amazing. Wrong. It is amazing. Have you seen Hard Boiled? No, I have not, Louis. Okay, have you seen, uh, okay, wait, have you seen Face Off? No, I haven't seen okay, Face Off. Okay, then what are you, so you're, you're making these claims, but you haven't really seen like what is considered to be some of the greatest action films of all time. And so I've seen Die Hard, right? Die Hard is also one of Okay, is Face Off really considered one of the best yes, action yes, movies? Yes, John Woo is considered one of the best action directors. No, but is, is Face Off considered yeah. one of the best action yeah. movies? Yeah, yes, yes. Really? Yes, 100%. History will prove you wrong, Louis. This is going to be one of the greatest action I, films of all time. I, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not so. exaggerating I, when I say this. I wasn't, this I was. Is, I put this number one, like I put Mission Impossible at my number one, a film where Tom Cruise is literally, I've been making fun of Tom Cruise my entire life. The dude's insane. Yeah, yeah he is. This film is one it's of the- It's not a bad film. It's not, I'm not trying, you're not even- It's one of the best action films It's a really good action film. It's a very, very good action film. It's a great action film. Uh, like there's there's also a lot of great action films as well. Yeah, but and, this is at the, and there's the also top of the heat. there is a lot of stuff that does things better than what like especially in the fight scenes, the choreographed fight scenes. They're not as good no, as other fight scenes. Fight no, scenes you say that, so but you, have you seen Hard Boiled? Have you Why seen are you the Raid? So hostile, have you seen, Why are you so hostile? I'm not hostile. I'm just saying like. You, you know, you, if you say it's some of the greatest, you gotta- It is gotta the, one of the greatest. Just let Greg have his moment. You know? <laughs> I, don't so. I don't agree. And Tom Cruise is fucking 56 years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah, he does Crazy his own stunts. It's great. If, like, so does Jackie Chan. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. stop. You're like, you're making these false comparisons. You can't make all these false comparisons all the time. I don't know if it's a false comparison when we're talking about action. It's not. I don't think Roman so. I don't think has bad cinematography. I think other things do it better, and nothing else can do the same cinematography ever again. No, that's not what I said. That's exactly what you it's said. You, what said. Said. you said Italian mule noirs do it better, so therefore, therefore, it is therefore not Roma good. is not good. No, I just said it didn't do anything unique. Either way, either way. But aside from that, Mission Impossible is just a fun time. It is. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with like, that. I'm not. Not at all. It's great. It's a great action film. It's it's a phenomenal action film. It is. It, it, it didn't, again, didn't make my uh, honorable mentions or top ten. But that's just a personal choice. Like, it's it's great. It's great. Everything Greg said is accurate. Look, if you can get my mom, who does not like action films, to love this film, I think you're doing something right. Everything. This is there is an uh, there is a Seattle film critic called Matt Lynch, and he wrote his article or review for the film. And he's basically saying. Tom Cruise is like auteur actor, he's proving auteur actor theory, where he's like, Tom Cruise is so integral to the film that he makes it, and it's so true. It is, I yeah. agree with that. His, he's doing all of these stunts realistically, like, or not realistically, he's actually doing them. He is jumping out of the plane, or these Halo sequence, and he's doing it like an insane person. Right. Yeah, it's a big plus for him. Like, why would any person, like, he's gonna die on these he, He's gonna do, he's gonna die on Mission Impossible set. <laughs> Or something. 
Which now we have two of. We yeah. Two more. Both Thank by God. Um, Christopher. And I'm Larry, excited. Right? I can't. I don't know how he's gonna top it. How does he top it? I, don't I think know. he can. I think he'll be able to. Can you even stop with these jabs, I, man? I don't, these I jabs don't. are getting tired. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm so tired of it, dog. All right, all right, fine. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I really don't think they're gonna top Fallout. You can't. It's like you made like one. It's hard. I hope he does because. Mission that would be like, is it so even possible? That would be like so yeah. mind blowing. I can't even. I imagine. mean, I wish God the best too. for every film, so I hope it tops Fallout. But Fallout is so good that I'm just excited though. Like it, it's a great film. It's a fun time. And where's I think where's the next one supposed to be set? We don't know. It's just been approved. Well, just been approved. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, still excited for it. All right. I've always loved Mission Impossible. Let's go over to Jim. Jim's number one. Okay, so admittedly, this is a very personal pick, but it's also great to see Fantastic. how much acclaim this movie is getting, and it's so worth it, or it's 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 so deserving of it. Um, and that's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and I really didn't expect I would love this movie like at all, because it's Sony Pictures and they make bad movies. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. But I think this is better than than all the other superhero movies that were made this year. I think this is better than all the other superhero movies that were made this decade. I think maybe the only other superhero movie that rivals it is probably um, The Dark Knight from, from you know. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is, a, is more than a decade away. Spider-Man 2 I is like more it. I like this more yeah, yeah, than Spider-Man 2. I feel it. I, it's, it's, it's fair. And, and I love Spider-Man 2 also. But, um, but I, yeah, I really just... A lot of it was was out of shock because <laughs> I'm just like this is there's no way that this is this good. Um, I think there's no way to talk about this film without talking about the animation, mm -hmm. uh, which mm -hmm. is yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I it's 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 unlike anything I've seen in like even like a like a foreign animated movie or like a non mainstream animated movie. It's so creative that it's 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 just fused with so much energy and so much passion and so much dedication. Every single frame of this movie looks like a comic book panel, like a, 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 it's, it's a great. exquisitely There's, put together. It's not just that. It's also like the combination, like of a lot of different comic book styles as well. Right. Yeah. In because the they same, have all the different characters yeah, from the different in universes. In the same area. And it, meshes so well like there's like the there's like the the anime uh style yeah. with the, with that one character there's, there's a noir style yeah yeah, yeah. it's it noir spider-man it's Cage. just there's you could tell that these filmmakers were so passionate about telling this story and about making a great not only a great spider-man film but a great film and it's just there's i really don't see the people who who don't like this movie <laughs> I, I think there's something in it for, for anyone, honestly. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Zero expectation for this movie. Going yeah, no, me too. That's why I think Hot Off the Heels of Venom, <laughs> which is like oh. really, really just Egregious. so like, bad in many, many respects. And Sony, who has mismanaged the Spider-Man property so much that they had to make three reboots of Spider-Man, and now you said, oh, after, after they had given away the property to Marvel, they had given the ring, it's like, uh, actually, we're gonna make a Spider-Man movie animated now, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, just no. stop, had, stop making this conflict of like just stuff, and you have like no belief in this film whatsoever, and then it's just like Chris Lord and Phil Miller who wrote the script, they didn't direct it, mm -hmm. they're just like, uh, fuck it, they're like, hold my, hold my yeah. motherfucking beer, yeah. here you fucking go, geniuses, 
I love it, like, everything they do. I really, I really wish they had done Solo. Because Solo was so mediocre. Solo was bad. And it would have been, yeah, it would have been something really special, I think, if they had been, been on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was written by them and directed by a couple, three, three different people who I think have worked in, anim- in animation before, but it was each of their, um, I think, first like, directorial debut. Like, each three. So, three directors mm-hmm. could be potentially really messy. Yeah. First time they've directed something. I, I don't know. Peter Ramsey but, did Rise of the Guardians. That I think the other two people, Bob, Bob Perciani and uh, uh, some Peter. They all have Peter backgrounds in the Sony Animation Studio, yeah. which makes yeah. it even more surprising. Yeah. 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 When you think of Sony Animation Studios, you think of, like, they have Clyde with Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. It's Excuse good. me, in, like, Hotels Transylvania. Yeah. But then they also, didn't they do... Didn't they do storks? And they do a lot of like these the weird movies. stories that just don't. They do like these click. weird. They're like it's like Pixar's mm-hmm. why they consider like the top tier one, but it's mm-hmm. being contested now. Yeah. But no one really throws like Sony Animation. Yeah. They don't get like any credit usually. It's yeah. usually just Disney properties yeah. going at each other. And that's why I'm so happy that. that I think, oh, no, I think there's no way also that it, 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 it ranges sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I, I feel like I'm talking really loud. I'm just really excited to talk about it. No, no, go ahead. I think there's, which is an awesome thing too, is I think there's no way at this point that Spider-Verse isn't winning Best Animated Feature. I'm so happy. Unheard of for the Academy. Yeah, honestly, I am very they happy They always give it to the Pixar movie or the Disney movie. Or the Hayao Miyazaki like, movie. Yeah, there's been like exceptions like the like Spirited Away won it. Mm-hmm. I think Shrek won it. Like when at first, yeah. But it's like always the Disney movie, mm-hmm. and it's so cool that it's not the Disney movie. It's so cool. like there was a time where they snubbed Lego Movie, which is such oh, a, that was, such a bad. I was so upset with yeah, that because yeah. Lego Movie's great too. But um, yeah, no, it's Lego Movie's Warner Brothers. Yes. Okay, but that was snubbed. Yeah, they they they, they nominated it for best song for everything is awesome. Yeah. Is which is de- which is deliberately the worst part of that movie, but they nominated it legitimately, which was felt like the Academy completely missed the point of that film. But you know, whatever, they missed the point of a lot of movies, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it just is so refreshing and great to see an animated movie like this, and from Sony Pictures, where they let creative, talented people do their thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. do it so well. Yeah. And Spider-Man has always meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I grew up with the with the Raimi trilogy, and so Same obviously here. that trilogy has a soft spot with me. Um, but I I really didn't think a movie would would top any of those, especially considering the nostalgic factors and yeah, the yeah. emotional no, connection that I have to those those films. It it really that's something I wasn't expecting to be there, like the nostalgic factor of it to the Raimi films like in the intro sequence mm-hmm. of the uh, it, it was actually rumored that that original Spider-Man in that universe was supposed to be Tobey Maguire uh, <laughs> like it was actually supposed to be played by Tobey Maguire but then they didn't <laughs> call him and I mean I understand now why like just you know Spider-Man 2 the hassles that he did for like he's a great Spider-Man he's just not a good, great actor to deal with generally uh, but other than that, there is no flaw in this film, I think. I, I like that. I think the, the closest like thing that I've come to a flaw 
um, to seeing a real flaw in this movie is I think a couple of the music choices yes yes occur yeah, at <laughs> moments, Post Malone is not good moments like this like, film is sponsored as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah uh, Post Malone makes a makes a cameo too he's the one that says like oh I think it's a big seat or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah um so, sunflowers, sunflowers is a good song. I, I, I actually like that, like, like that song. But some of the music choices, um, like show up, uh, in really emotional moments. Uh, like there's this one song, um, that occurs after uh, this this one part, and it doesn't quite work. It's it's still an emotional moment. And I still I still liked it, but the song choice could have could have been improved. Yeah. Um, but really. <laughs> Saying that's like the biggest flaw a in a big, movie yeah. is such a minuscule thing. Mm-hmm. It is. And, oh, it's a great film. This movie is it. just so good. Yeah. I want everyone to, to watch this movie. Everyone should watch the movie. It did make yeah. a lot of money. You know what's really sad though is that Venom has made much more money. Than there you got a sequel. Already a sequel on the way. Yeah. <laughs> the right. people who saw Venom aren't seeing Spider Verse, and it's a travesty. Okay. I think we're good. We're good on top for uh, Spider Verse. I I've said everything I have yeah, to. Yeah, this film just bare. It was like the same thing where I said earlier. It's like it's any given day is like it's modulating between like certain rankings. Very, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. It's like it's in the top. I saw like a hundred and twenty films this year. So if you're in like the top twenty, that's like great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by films that year, I mean released that year. Yeah. yeah right. right. Let's talk about Cynthia, because this is one I've been waiting about for yeah. a long time. Yeah, this is one that I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch, but I, this is actually the one that I want to watch the most. I like this one a lot. Like All right, this, my like number one so. is The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Hell yeah. 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 Let's go. So, this movie is, first, it's 90 minutes, so we love, we yeah, love 90, 90 minutes. 90 minute films great, yeah. you know? Um, Fantastic. I think, as much as it is on the surface level, it's um, about gay gay conversion camps and it's a criticism on gay conversion camps and what i really enjoy about it though it's it's so human like everyone within the story yes gay conversion camps are bad and the people who run them are really really bad but it never goes out of its way to like make them cartoonish and i think everyone has an arc within that area and everyone is given the room to develop one of the main things i love about this film is how much desiree Akbar, the director allows her characters to kind of just exist and she has these really long takes where it just almost feels like someone's just feeling themselves out as they are trying to process like who they are as people and teenagers and how their sexual like their sexuality kind of comes around with that. Mm-hmm. And it's never preaching the choir. That's one thing that I really like about this film. It's not saying everyone is bad. Everyone is bad. People have complicated issues on like why they think the gay conversion is necessary. I get that, and it's really bad in my opinion, but it never goes out of the way to be like, you guys suck so much, like, you guys are the worst, you guys all should die in hell. Like, it understands the complexity of everything that's going around it, and I think it's such a personal and small film that I think is just going so under under the radar. It really does a good job of, like, deconstructing the problematic nature of these camps Mm -hmm. and it does it in this very uh sometimes it doesn't tongue-in-cheek where it's like this is very ironic they do Mm -hmm. like lesser size yeah which is a very like crazy notion of saying like jesus is helping us which is so ironic because the lesser size lady is like 
of female and the reason why they both do it is because they think she's hot <laughs> yeah and then it but then it also modulates between this idea that um like it can get very much darker and serious mm -hmm. like it can say like this is these camps are fundamentally making yeah. people like hate, hate themselves, themselves. Mm -hmm. and making them like hurt themselves mm -hmm. and it, the climax of the film is so powerful yeah it reminds me a lot of short-term 12 but this film does it with a much more mm -hmm. like loaded and not loaded but like much more like more back into it is yes. what I'm trying to say yeah. it's like it's trying to say that like the 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 death of that or the, not, the uh, in, like he got hurt really bad right did he die he does self-inflicted injury yeah. I can't remember if he died I don't know wait in short term yeah, 12 yeah. No, 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 no 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 in okay. this education yeah because it's, it's a similar story and it shows you just like how bad these these camps yeah, are yeah and then it's it's at the time, there was a camp, I think it was Maryland had just banned the conversion therapy mm -hmm. camps. And they're still present. There's still some states that still allow it. So it's still mm -hmm. a really topic and contemporary issue that needs to be addressed. addressed. And yeah. the film does it in a way that doesn't condemn any of the people yeah. there. There are series yeah. sometimes where Cameron's, Cameron played by Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Which is who's really great. Great performance, making a great comeback yeah. tour because he did a... We, did we talk about this? She She's did, like, uh, she had this period where she would do anything or like these really teen YA yeah, movies. And yes. then for a while she just, she kind of thrived with on the that. Little Mermaid came out, she yeah. would sign up for that. And she says, I'm backing out on more selective my description. This is probably one of the films that came out of that where she's being mm -hmm. more selective. She did that, she did Suspiria. Yeah, she's in another Isabella Huppert film. Like, yeah. It's, she's and it's, she's getting more selective. She did mm -hmm. really well in this film, but when Cameron is with her roommate and the roommate is like pitted against her, mm -hmm. it's not like we're not creating, the roommate is not an antagonist no to Cameron. Way. No way. It's like way. you begin to understand that like this is what she's been led to believe and it's mm -hmm. not, they're all, everyone that's in these camps are in it together and it's like yeah. a communal suffering that they mm -hmm. all kind of have to deal with and it doesn't condemn any of the campers it just kind of puts them versus the the camp the which camp, is like socially yeah. politically just and like legally wrong. accepted yeah. but it's like saying it's like on a legal level these are all real it's like when she goes into like the counselor and they mm -hmm. say is there anything is bad there happening? anything bad happening she's like well they're not whipping us they're not physically and then they us. say oh well we can't do anything and then it's it's like it's really saying it's like the underlying message is these camps are bad, but yeah. society's is turning a blind yeah. eye in some ways and just letting it go on. Yeah. And it's so powerful too. Yeah. Oh my God. I love the way she shoots. The ending credit is the way I would do it. where it's just a yeah, it's long, just long take, take. Yeah. that just lets us sit there and it leaves certain things unresolved, but it mm -hmm. leaves, but with that long there's take, like you know, yeah, and, there's hope there's and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah. so, so good. I saw mm -hmm. it at a SIF screening. It's like, best thing about set screenings that you don't know anything about them going mm -hmm. you just get a little blurb mm -hmm. saw it on a whim so good ended up being my number three just so good yeah this film is just it just does everything right in terms of like how to treat emotions and naturalism and tension I think there's one scene that everyone thinks is like really cliche it's that singing sing singing sing where like everyone just kind of releases into song when they're like cleaning up something and then Chloe Grace Moretz goes and starts singing. Oh, me, in the kitchen. Jumps yeah, up on, on the, the kitchen. Table. I yeah. feel like at that point I bundled so much tension and like disgust and like, like I just wanted someone to release at a cer certain point because all of them are just so tightly bound into wanting to fit, like try and do something like um, her roommate is just so desperate. And the, the lit girl who thinks that she like, 
the only reason why she's gay is because she's jealous of the girl's singing ability and not because she's like attracted to her. Um, and those two characters especially, like they're just so tightly bound and they're so desperate to change. And then when that singing scene happens, like everyone just releases in song. And I just feel like, like my whole body just like collapsed at that moment when I saw that scene. I want to go rewatch it now. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I have to go rewatch it because I liked it a lot when I first saw it, but... Um. The funny thing is like no one, like it's just the only people I know who really like this film was me, my girlfriend, and you. <laughs> We're all just like, hell, hell yeah, yeah, we fucking love this film. Also, I seen it, Chloe though, Grace Moretz's character does not talk that much in this got film. got Sasha Lane from American Honey too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. Forrest, but look, he's yeah. new. American I don't know. Honey is I, great. I'm not, I wasn't familiar with his work. I think he's done a few things before. Oh, okay. But, I'm not but sure. yeah, like they're great. They're really great. I think the slight problem is like maybe they don't develop them enough. But whatever, I think the story is mainly about Cameron Post and mm -hmm. her interaction with the people around her and how they're all together into this really disturbing, like, thing that, yeah, that, that they're trapped in. Mm -hmm. And I think Chloe Grace Moretz does such a good job. I talked about this with my friend and she pretty much, like, plays confused, confident, like, repressed, like, low self-esteem, but happy at the same time. Like, she does all the emotions. She hits all the emotional spectrums really well, and she doesn't talk that much in this film at all. It's mm -hmm. just the way she moves her face and the way she acts. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% agree could not. Yeah. Not a single point of differentiation. Yeah, so yeah. I need to see this movie. Yeah. It has, like, actors that I like, and it's a premise that I like, so I yeah. don't doubt that it's going to be pretty it's just, darn good. Yeah. yeah. Best All right. film of 2018. All right, Louie. What's your number my one? My turn. My number one is uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm -hmm. Great choice. Uh, not, not according to the Academy. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to say straight up, that movie like floored me. Uh, like as soon as I... As soon as the ending credits rolled in, I was just devastated. Like, I, I was sitting next yeah. to you at the screening here, just like, best movie of 2018. Like, easy, yeah, like, yeah. That, it was an easy choice for me, because it just does everything that I want in a movie. Look, uh, you know, I'm going to say this, I give jabs all the time to people's lists and all that, but, you know, on, it's, it's purely subjective, what I like and what I don't like, and why I think movies are good or, or, and not good. It's purely subjective, and I try to do reasons and stuff, but uh, for this, that's also kind of the, the case. It's very, very uh, personal in terms of just like how it deals with these dynamics and how it shows how these people, you know, who are natives of, the, of this area that they are in, but it's still so dangerous for them, not because of their, you know, not because of anything they do. And uh, a, a perfect example of that is like Brian, uh, Tyree Henry's character and how uh, his existence in that story since he, he went to uh, prison uh, and just got out and then the thing happened like at that same night the mm -hmm. accusation happened and because he was just in prison and they got him on those charges again he couldn't contribute to the uh, narrative or even if he did it wouldn't be as uh, as you know, truthful, I guess, to the jury as as a, a white man would. You know. By the way, that's one of the best scenes of it this is. entire year. It is, is one of the best the scenes when they were just yeah. talking to each other. It is 
Right? It just shows you that these problems are real and they don't really want to do this. And also, it, 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 the, the scene where they're, you know, starting to, like, steal those, uh, those furs or whatever and then selling them mm -hmm. just to pay for, uh, try and get enough money to pay for the lawyer who's actually helping them genuinely at this point. And then the scene where the lawyer is talking to other lawyers and he's seeing how these people are, like, it's not as... You know, he he sees that he was naive at first for thinking that oh the justice system is fair and legal and we're gonna get you your justice and whatnot. Yeah, it's 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 it highlights a lot of what was going on at the time and what is still going on mm -hmm. right now. And I am very surprised that it wasn't uh, you know as much you know as like it wasn't celebrated as much as you know. Green Book. Green Book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, because like this film deals with these. It's like it's it's like it's grap. Like the reason why Academy probably wouldn't do this because it's dealing with the issue much more um, responsibly, yeah. more complex, yeah. more deeply than than Green Book is, which is like sugarcoating it and like keeping it at arm's length and getting it to the point where in order to like deal with this issue you have to first come to like this uncomfortable reckoning with it, right? You mm -hmm. have to acknowledge that this is what's happening. And like that whole scene where he says like the white man is the devil is really powerful because mm -hmm. it's like, this is like, this man is seriously like traumatized by yeah. his experience here. And the ending shot of this film is so, it's like the same thing Desiree Akabon's mm -hmm. shot that she does yeah. again where it's, it's this long, long take, take yeah. of this, spoiler, it's, it's a long take of this man in prison mm -hmm. and it really, commentates on like the like this issue of like african-american imprisonment mm -hmm. in america in terms of like how that affects the family and how um and, and how that impacts people's lives and this is like a very it's a very serious watch and it's so well done yeah, it's mm -hmm. gorgeous it's also it you like know the scene where like uh, regina king in this film the phenomenal. puerto rico scene the puerto rico it's scene so just it's, it crushed me. Yeah, like I was like, okay, yo, so it's a little we bit of hope. Yeah, a little bit of hope. And, and, and then she's just like, fuck, damn. Fuck, I was like, whew. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was speechless by the end of the film, except for the best movie of 2018, and uh, mm -hmm. it's, in my opinion, the best also, film. Also, what of I really like about this film is like, there's a little bit of hope, though. Like, I think he re really wants to hammer home the idea of like, yeah. there's a lot of bad things with race, like, race going on and it's very prevalent now but like love is maybe one of our only hopes of getting to some of agreement yeah, if you've seen if I you've mean, read any james baldwin works that's like he likes to tackle a lot of complicated relations yeah. we well, i read a fire next time like a week ago and he what he really does well is like he comments on how complicated this notion of race is yes and but he's still slightly hopeful yeah, he no, realizes I, how idealistic a lot of his hopes are, mm -hmm. but he's still hopeful. Yeah, hopeful no, it's, and it, I mean, one can only be hopeful, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, when faced with this uh, horrible, uh, horrible like, situation yeah. that's unchangeable no matter how you try, there's only mm -hmm. either you, you know, stay in despair or you mm -hmm. hope for change. And one is much more, uh, much less uh, taxing on your soul mm -hmm. than the other. Yeah, it's powerful it's yeah. a very powerful film mm -hmm. and i'm very surprised that yeah i'm still like i am very shocked that this wasn't very getting as, as king of the close-ups 
Barry Jenkins, yeah, and he does one center. He does a lot of those centered, centered face to show just like straight all of the yeah. black beauty. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic, and he, you know, uh, I, I, give shit, I give shit Colors? to this film, the color coordination. Yeah, Question, I've been trying to like decipher what is the top, the, like, like the, the hue, like you know how like um, five. I mentioned five hundred days somewhere. These films are not on the same plane yeah. in terms of what they're working with, but in terms of color. Talk about like Tom's wearing brown, mm-hmm. Do- Joey Deschanel's wearing blue. Mm-hmm. In this one, they do a lot of like color switching. Have you guys mm-hmm. been able to like coordinate like what color they wear? Is it just like aesthetics appealing? At the beginning, you could see like um, I think the, girl's the very beginning very red, right? Well, there's yeah. reds and yeah. greens and there's blues and yellows and it's yeah. like and there's a lot of brown too. It's a lot of primaries. Yeah. Um, like at the beginning, you see um, uh, the two. Someone who gives me the names. Someone can you help with the names. Um, the couple. Yeah. The two main characters are wearing like blue Tish and yellow. Tish and Fawny. Tish and Fawny are wearing blue and yellow. One's wearing blue under, one's wearing yellow under, one's yelling, yep, wearing, not yelling. Mm-hmm. One's wearing yellow on top, one's wearing blue under, and it's like this kind of contrast. It's like one is over the other, one is underneath the other. They're mm-hmm. one and the same. But then like it switches up. Like it's all great. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to figure out like what is the meaning behind these colors. And like they would shift time and they would shift place and the color would just keep switching. They use a lot of greens in the home. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. I like it all. I'm just trying to find like meaning in terms of the color coordination. Maybe I might need to rewatch again because I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if I caught. I know it's very colorful. Mm-hmm. I never really caught like what color represents who. I remember the stuff about like the, like the she was wearing like the red flannel um, at one point. I noticed like the the, the yellow. Um, I have to rewatch to see yeah. some some of those details. It's also you know it's a stacked cast. Diego Luna's in the film, which surprise. Uh, oh, Pedro Pascal. Not, yeah, I love their character. You know, surprise so, as well. Uh, Dave Franco's Dave in. Franco's Dave Franco's in. Which is weird because like he's obviously a recognizable person, mm-hmm. but he's only in it for like three minutes of screen mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But you would think at that point, if you're going to have someone there for three minutes, you would think you'd probably want to pick like a lesser known actor so you don't detract from I the have, fact that this is Dave Franco right here. I have a theory that Dave Franco actually just really wanted to be in this film. That's true. Well, yeah, more than sure. conversely, there might have been more with him that they just cut out. There, that could also be the case. But I don't know if Barry Jenkins does that often. Because like with mid-90s, uh, they had a bunch more of Lucas Hedges' stuff that they just cut from the film. Mm-hmm. So he would have been like a more prominent role um, that they just cut from the film. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to get off topic, but I feel like the color representation back, like I think a lot of film, like A Star is Born does it, some, like he does it also like 500 Days of Summer where like some color represents like who people are like. Bradley Cooper's character is blue and red, and um, um, Lady Gaga's character is very purple, and you can kind of see the difference, and then it becomes white in the end. But maybe there's something like that in Beale Street. I'm not sure. But the way he plays with colors in this film is just lovely. It yeah, feels like gorgeous. a dream. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Regina King where's should win the, this Oscar. Where's the, where's the best yeah, she does the Oscar for, for Beale Street? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's also Did one of the best things I've ever Nope. Did you were never really here getting any cinematography? No. What got Didn't cinematography? Uh, Cold War. Okay, I feel I can understand the favorite. that. I can understand never that too. Never look away. I can understand that. Okay, Roma. I can understand why they would nominate it. I don't agree. A Star is but Born. But A Star is Born, I can understand as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Beale Street is a great movie as well. It is. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. 
Are we done? I didn't. I didn't really speak a lot about it, but well, yeah, I love this movie. I wrote. I wrote a, a full review on it. If you want to, want to check that out. So you can sign Washington.edu slash. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So how how are we on? We're at two hours thirty minutes, officially overtaking Black Panthers. Whoops. <laughs> well, this is the. Uh, I would say Black Panther is still more content. We covered more films. Mm-hmm. This is from, this has a lot more cuts. We than covered Black forty films. If at the max, ten at the minimum. But yeah. Yeah. We covered a lot more. Black Panther, I would still say, is in traditional the longest episode. Yeah. This is, I would say, a special. Yeah. We're still gonna count it towards the numbered episodes because we gotta get that content mm-hmm. out there. Um, but without further ado, thank you for everyone coming onto the show. We have, mm-hmm. well, three of us are regulars. One of us. <laughs> thank you, Jim, for coming onto the show. We oh, appreciate yeah. it. Um, if you guys want to hear more top tens, you can go to the site. Students, we mentioned it a few seconds ago. Yeah. Students.washington.edu slash film, yeah. where we have all of our top tens, including ones that did not show up on the podcast. They're all written out mm-hmm. very nicely uh, uh, formatted, so you can read them. Nice pictures on there. Uh, we encourage you, everyone, to check it out. You can find us on Facebook at UW Film Club uh, slash UW Film Club. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at slash or at, at Film yeah. Club UW. Mm-hmm. We post an episode of the podcast every Monday on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Please Ooh. use our Amazon Smile link or Me Undies. Blue Apron. Blue Aprons. Hello Friends. Transfer. Squarespace. Squarespace. Mac Weldon. Yeah, all of them. Well, we have all the you remember when Netflix goods. used to do the sponsorships before? No. When they were no. first starting, it was like in, in like 2011 to 2012, they were given like Philip DeFranco uh, a free month of Netflix for everyone who would register. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> nope, they don't need it anymore. Yep. I mean, Even though they're kind of in debt, but... Uh, their cash flows are really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Their cash flows are like mm-hmm. ne- almost a negative billion yeah. every quarter. Not great. Not great. But this right. is not a finance podcast. This is a film club podcast where we talk about films. We encourage everyone to come back next week. Sorry for the length of this episode, but the content kind of justified it. Yeah. yeah. And there's also a good deal of the discussion and agreement. So that's... <laughs> that's uh, about most of it. Yeah. Come back next week when we talk about the Congress with Jeremy. But until next time, thank you guys. Bye.